Welcome to the 349th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on August 13th, 2023. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm also 50% of this here show. With me is the man who is our in-house linguistic researcher, Carlos Rodella. Wait, am I? Yeah, you just did a ton of research. Oh, I guess I did. You did? Yeah. Okay, that's me. That's you, linguistic researcher Carlos Rodella. <laughs> Unexpected linguistic researcher. Yeah, for one of the games we're going to be talking about on the show. Exactly, exactly. Okay, cool. Uh, moving on, folks. It's been a while since Carlos was here. Welcome back, Carlos. Uh, thank you. A while? Was it just one week or two? I think it was two weeks. Wow, it has been a while. Yeah, it has been. A t- How's that? things going in the jungle there? Yeah, I was lost, is what happened. <laughs> that's that's probably why. Yeah, I did all your way back to civilization just in time for the podcast. Yeah, it turns out when your phone goes dead, um, it's really hard to find like your way. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you say that, dude, because uh, we all use our phones for like, you know, finding, you know, directions and GPS and map and stuff. But man, I'm old enough to remember before you know, before phones existed. Yeah. Way back in the day, I was doing a lot of driving and how did we get around back then? motherfucking paper maps bro that's maps. what i did yeah map. actual map like like i was a pirate or some shit like i'd bust out my paper map and be like i need to take a left at this road and i'm gonna go up this route for approximately two miles and then i'm gonna turn right over like you had to just do it i didn't have a compass i didn't use the sun but i feel like i was kind of like a uh, I don't know some kind of explorer back then but now totally different world yeah explorer is right because when i i drove across country with my friend uh, Toby and we were took a, a van and renovated it, and we had put beds in the back. Did I ever mm-hmm. tell the story in the podcast? No, but this sounds like you're about to tell me some kind of wild sexual player journey across America. It wasn't any player journey at all. Oh, okay. Fine. Sorry to disappoint. You can embellish a little bit if you want. I don't embellish. Um, but anyways, the point is, we had this huge book that was a map. Oh, like a Thomas Guide kind of a thing? Yeah, it was like a tall, tall book. Yep. He opened up, and it had all the, the, the map of everywhere. And I was like the map guy. And the navigator. Yeah, I was the navigator. And um, yeah, it's funny. It's like going back to my native roots. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know where we are. Oh, um, yeah, dude. So anyways, yeah, I, uh, it's, I don't miss them, actually. But there was definitely something interesting about doing it that way. Yeah, for sure. You know, I drove a lot um, before phones happened. And I just remember like often pulling off to the side of the road, whipping out the map book, looking around for like landmarks and shit. People can't even imagine that these days, dude. They can't. And, And it's funny because I do wonder if anything ever happens to like our communications network or for some reason phones stop working or whatever. Like we would have to all like in a heartbeat go back to wait a minute. How do I get anywhere? It would be it would be really strange and interesting. But you know what? Um, we do it probably quicker than you think. You know what I mean? I think the old people would. I don't know about the young people. I think they'd have a little bit of steeper hill to climb. Well, they would, but at some point, um, my point is, we would adapt. We're, oh, we're yeah, adaptable. we would have to. We yeah. would have to. We would have to. Anyway, all right. Enough cartography for one show. This is the Soviet Games Podcast. It's about games. It's not about maps, although that is kind of funny. Uh, let's just kick it off. We've got a lot to talk about this episode, and now that Carlos is back, we're going to catch up on everything he's been doing for the last two weeks now that he's back from the jungle. Uh, let's start off with some housekeeping, I think. Uh, everybody knows Carlos and I share a virtual living space divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape. His side, my side, things are a mess and we're tidying up right here, right now. It's housekeeping. Carlos, what do you got on your side of the room this week? 
Yeah, a few things. First off, uh, I'm doing a separate channel uh, on TikTok and YouTube. It's called Glitch Through the Ground, and that's really what my uh, jungle adventure has been, partly. Uh, basically creating a bunch of videos of me just playing games uh, wrong, like I do, or just weird. <laughs> okay. Because, I, you know, I, I rush through things. I try to get through the walls. You know, I try to glitch through things. Um, I just kind of, like break games a lot of times it almost sounds like you're a speedrunner looking for exploits there i know but i'm not trying to get like through the game fast i just like want to do things my way <laughs> um and lots of times i get frustrated at, like you know what the developers are trying to have me do or you know all the kind of ropes i have to walk around or whatever what hoops is it you oh, have hoops to jump through have to jump through yeah or ropes i mean you can put a rope in a circle and it becomes a hoop it becomes a hoop that's there right there you go so, anywho, uh, it's been really good, and uh, what's really fun, which we'll talk about on the show at the end, is I've been playing a lot of Baldur's Gate 3, and everybody and their mother is playing that game right now. Yeah. So, a ton of people are checking out my videos for that, um, and it's been really fun. So, check it out on TikTok, Glitch Through the Ground, and also on YouTube, but mainly, most people are watching me on TikTok. And yeah, it's funny because that game is ridiculous, we'll get to it soon, but check that out. Excellent, excellent. What else you got? Um, oh, I wanted to say, I don't know if you did on one of your podcasts. I only listened to part of it. Sorry. Wow. The truth Rubens. comes out. Yes, Paul Rubens, yes. Did you mention him on the show? I did, yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, because um, I just love Pee Wee Herman. I loved growing up with that show. God, didn't everybody? I don't know anybody yeah. that doesn't like Pee Wee Herman. It's so good. It was such a good character. And me as you know, an entertainer, comedian person, like that's just a gift when you can find a character that's like, I don't know. Everything just comes together. Like the the laughter, the kind of, you know, all the mannerisms Pee Wee had. It, oh, yeah. It was like you could just have him do anything, and it was fun and interesting. And that movie is just so good, the like Tim Burton original movie. Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Big yeah. Adventure is so good. Still um, good. I just watched it recently. Still good. Still good, yeah. And then the, uh, I don't know if anybody knows this, but they did a a kind of a newer movie, the Christmas one holiday adventure or something. Oh yeah. I saw that dude. Oh my gosh. It that wasn't was that... great. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. Like there was, it right. was worth watching. If you like Pee Wee, for it's sure. still worth watching. Cause again, his character is so fun to just watch. That was the one that had Joe Manganiello in it. Yeah. Yeah. It? Oh my God. That was really funny. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, uh, I just wanted to say, yeah, I, um, uh, love him and loved his show and everything about like that crazy wild world that he created. But I also bring it up because, I think I've mentioned this before, but there's a documentary called Beauty is Embarrassing. Mm -hmm. Is that right? I don't know. I've never heard of it. Embarrassing. Yes, it is. And it's about an artist, uh, Wayne White. And he worked with creating a bunch of just awesome stuff, but also the Pee Wee Herman TV show. Oh, okay. Was he like a visual artist or something? Yeah, well, and also a sculptor and made these like paper mache huge heads that looked really cool and you have to go watch that documentary it's really good oh okay but, gotcha. i mean for sure brad watch it it's awesome and also on top of that there's a huge section in there about the pb herman tv show and how they pulled it off with like very little oh i bet i bet they were doing it's so cool first, I'm sure, like it's yeah. a teeny little spot like it seems like it's a big huge area but it's this teeny little like place in new york and stuff so check that out i want people to check that out Awesome. That sounds great. That's a good tip. That's a good tip and yeah. very timely as well. All right, cool, cool. What else you got? Uh, one last thing on uh, Diablo. You know, I've definitely stopped playing that. I played season one. I actually beat the season one campaign. Okay. But there's tons of videos going around. I'm not going to, like, rehash what everybody's saying on YouTube. But, yeah, it just feels weird. You know, Blizzard is Activision Blizzard. 
and at the end of the day, the TLDR or whatever is that the Activision side, I think, is winning when it comes to like, we just want to make a ton of money. Gotcha. Um, and I feel like that's part of the problem with Diablo 4, where, you know, the battle pass is boring. Um, there's a lot of things that they want to try to get you to spend money on, even though you don't have to. And all these kind of like changes that they aren't making, like adding more inventory space, they keep coming up with like excuses of like why they can't have it. It just all feels too bullshitty. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't think I'm saying anything new, but I bring it up because A, I've just paused Diablo. I'm not even touching it right now. And then B, like it's so weird to me and not the first time I brought this up on the show, but that Microsoft wants them so much. Like I know they want to print money, right? That's I think the core reason why they keep fighting to get this Activision Blizzard, you know, deal done. But like they don't have a good face on them right now. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. they have one of the worst. They have that Bobby guy, Kodak Bobby or whatever. Kotick, I think. Yeah. yeah. And then they have this thing with Diablo, which is like, yeah, they made a ton of money that, at the top, but now people are like bailing to maybe never go back to that game. Right. And also feel like slighted by that company again. Right. And then recently they Diablo three, which is still going somehow, mm-hmm. is just about to like leave uh, like seasons. They're never going to do one again, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. yeah and yeah. what happened is this is real quickly important to the story. They just released all the changes that everybody ever wanted in, in uh, Diablo three right before they're going to close it. So that kind of doesn't it put a signpost on Diablo four. Yeah. And say, oh, look, they're going to do that same motherfucking thing to you where they can't do these changes now. And it's all this weird, complicated stuff. And then when it's over, then they'll give it to you. So fuck them yeah. and fuck that idea. And I, I don't understand what Microsoft wants from them besides like, I guess it's King and some other like money making things, right? I mean, it's hard to say, right? Like when it comes to studios, I think that Microsoft has really been inscrutable and kind of just like cryptic and bizarre because they've got a lot of money. They've bought a lot of studios. I mean, they went on a tear for a while. Seemed like they were buying everything, except very little has come of it. It seems like they, it's like half of them, they're like, they're split in half, right? Half of them is like, we love Xbox. We love gaming. We got to buy a new studio. We're going to make some exclusives. They buy them. And then like the corporate side takes over where they're like, okay, wait a minute. We're going to break up this department and we're going to reallocate these assets. We're going to move these people around. And then they just end up like working on I don't know, like paint 7.2 or something. And then they just don't do anything with the studios, right? It's so weird. It's so weird. And also, again, in this industry right now, like how you are perceived by, um, you know, I would say customers, but gamers, people who want to play your games and buy your stuff is important. And it's also like so easy to be like, wow, that company's canceled now, you know, or whatever. Like it's just the public image is important. And yeah. I just think it's so weird that they already have these kind of weird scuffs on their image right now. I think Xbox and Redfall and all that stuff. And then to go for the only company out there that's like got a really bad thing on them, you know? I don't know. Birds of a feather, I guess. But like a slight tangent of what you're saying. Like I'm with you with everything you're saying here. This all makes perfect sense. And I agree. Um, one of the things that I kind of want to bring up, though, is I think that it's okay to make a game that you don't have people playing for infinity. Like if you set out to make a game and your if your experience is just 
this is a badass game. It's really fun. The graphics are great and the music's great and it's uh, a good adventure. You feel good at the end of it. Like that's good. And I feel like we're just in this cycle. And I know I've talked about this a million times, but like we're just in the cycle of where every game coming out from a big studio now already comes preloaded with this like, we're going to keep these people playing this game for the next three years and we're going to monetize it by 7.2%. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have this, you know, like, don't do that. Like, you're already undercutting the experience of the game. You're already, like, at loggerheads with, you know, you can't make a forever game and also make a game that has a good beginning, middle, and end and stuff. I mean, think how cool it would have been if Diablo 3 was like, yeah, you finished the campaign, great job. And then, you know, a couple bonus dungeons or whatever. And then they just released like some story-based DLC or something. I mean, that I think would have been fine. Like you don't need to play a game for the rest of your life. You don't need to be married to it. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And you mean Diablo 4. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Diablo 4. Sorry. And and by the way, and we'll get to it again. So foreshadowing number two, but that's what Baldur's Gate does. And they're getting like applauded for it. It does the whole, we don't want to keep you forever thing. Yeah, no. Saying? It's okay, like, gotcha. hey, pay this price. Here's your game. Bye-bye. You know, like have a hundred hours or more. And have some fun, and we'll we'll see you later if you want to, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, and I'm not definitely not saying, you know, you don't have to have, like, a six-hour experience. It could be 100 hours. It could be 10 hours. It could be 20. Like, whatever makes sense for your game. But, like, let the player go at some point. Like, it's okay to just move on to something else. You don't need to keep them forever. I'm just saying that's exactly what Larian Studios did with Baldur's Gate. And yeah. so it can happen. Yeah. It's also a huge discussion on YouTube as well. People are saying, like, oh, no, like, now people are going to expect, like, this like this idea that you can just have a fully forged game and it's right. done, right? And I'm like, oh, no, they can expect that? Oh, that's a, that's like a good thing for people to expect. Like, you know, <laughs> studios can do that. Um, but to yeah. close this conversation, and I'm glad you brought that up, the last thing about Diablo that's weird, there's many things, but is that like, you know, right before they went into seasons, they did that infamous patch that everybody hated. And one of the things they were going to do before that was they were going to have all the little altars of Lilith, which are like the experience points places on the map, like be covered up again when you went back to a season. Oh, God. Give me a break, dude. They didn't because people were so mad, but then they did keep the waypoints like erased, so you had to go find those again. Yeah. And again, what is that reason? That, with mix combined with the patch are just reasons to keep the person in the game longer. make you play longer. longer. Yes, exactly. make you play longer. So it's like so obvious. Yeah. Yeah. So fuck that whole thing. I did have fun with the campaign and I'm just not going to go back to it. And that's it, you know, but, but again, this is a perfect bookend because Larian Studios is showing what you can do with Baldur's Gate. It's just like, go in there, lose yourself. There's nothing online. You could play with your friends online if you want, but that's it. Like that's the experience. And that's totally fine. Yeah. And I, I hope more studios do it. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. All right, I just have a couple real small things, nothing too major here. First, uh, heads up to all the Vampire Survivors fans. That game just is the game that keeps on giving. Um, it's launching on Switch, which I love Vampire Survivors and don't see this as a negative, but like, if they can get that to run as smoothly on Switch as it runs on PC or on the big consoles, I will be absolutely thunderstruck, dude. Mm. I can't see it running that well on Switch. But who knows? Who knows? I don't know. Okay. Uh, but that's not the big news. The big news or big-ish news is that they're adding local co-op, which I think would be great um, for all of the platforms, Steam, Xbox, uh, mobile, Switch. I'm not sure if it's on PlayStation yet or not. I'm sure it will be. Uh, but it's never had local co-op, and I think that'll be really fun. My wife loves Vampire Survivors. I love Vampire Survivors. It's not for everybody. You know, it's not a huge thing. But if you've got a friend in the house 
and you want to just team up. I can't even imagine what that carnage is going to look like with all that stuff on screen. It'll be pretty bananas, but a pretty neat thing if you're in the niche of playing co-op in your house, and I think that's pretty exciting. So I'll definitely give it a shot. Uh, I believe it launches on the 17th, so a couple days from now by the time you're listening to this recording. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of exciting, so I'm looking forward to that. That is cool. It's going to be a madness on screen. Oh, man. It's going to melt consoles, dude, for real. Um, the only other thing I have is just a real quick announcement. So a game which I loved, and I know that maybe you liked it, maybe not as much as I did, uh, RPG Time, The Legend of Right. you remember talking about that one? Yep. I... Love that game, and I wish more people would play it. I went crazy about it. I talked about it. I tweeted about it a million times. I tried to get people to listen to me and give this game a shot, and I just feel like no one is playing this game, which is heartbreaking because it's amazing. Just for a quick recap, we covered it on the show a while ago, but basically it is a 2D RPG-ish. It's not really an RPG, but really what it is, it simulates the feeling of being a 14-year-old kid in junior high scribbling on your three-ring notebook and your college rule paper, drawing pictures, drawing cool badass stuff on your paper, but then all that stuff comes to life and like uh, playing a D&D game with your friends using that paper. So the whole game looks like notebooks and paper and rulers and crayons and stuff and the character moves around and then when you kill a guy, like you erase him with a pencil and if there's a, you know, like a ladder appears, like you draw the ladder in, like it's so fucking cool. Like it looks great. I know other games have attempted this concept, but no one, no one has done it as well as this particular game does. Um, it's really fantastic. Uh, I think it's just a one-of-a-kind thing. I think it took the developer like six or seven years mm. of working tirelessly to get this thing done. And it shows, like, everything about it is fucking incredible. So anyway, the reason I bring it up is they are announcing a DLC, which I was completely surprised by. Um, it's called Monster Party. Uh, so it's a free update if you own the game, and you should own the game. It's free. Comes out for Switch, Steam, PlayStation, Xbox. It's on everything, apparently. And what it does is it is a actual game that you can play with your friends that takes a lot of the pencil and paper um, simulation mechanics and does, like, this little side mission thing where you can just, like, have a friend join you. You roll dice. Like, you play, like, the fake RPG in the fake game world. Ah, oh, it looks amazing. Um, I don't know that I am up for, like, multiplayer, multi-party stuff, but I think it's cool that they did it. Yeah. I'm shocked that they did it. I mean, I, and and I'm glad they did it because it gave me a reason to talk about this game again, which I feel like is just, like, horrifically, horrifically ignored. Everybody needs to get on this fucking game, like, yesterday. It's really cool. It does remind me of being in school and noodle, oh, doodling man. on my, yes. you know, notebooks yes. and stuff. So They nailed it so hard. I'm just, and so, I am, I am so in awe of what they've achieved with this game. And I just wish that more people would pay attention. I think probably the title didn't help. I think also it's kind of difficult to explain unless you actually see it. But man, if you're listening, if you were listening to this show, and I know you are because you're hearing my voice right now, do yourself a favor. Go buy this game, RPG Time, The Legend of Right. I know the title is boring. Just trust me. Just go buy it. If you listen to the show, if you like this show, if you listen to more than one episode of the show, I guarantee you will like this game. The game's fucking incredible. And real quick, a uh, little asterisk, because the reason I almost noped out, even though I like it a lot, because this is the uh, alternative opinion, um, but, I think I, <laughs> but I think I figured out why it is cool and what to characterize it as, because people think they hear RPG in the name. Yeah, and it's, it's not, not really. an RPG not at really. all. Not really, no. Not even at all. It's, it's a, like you just said, it's, it's a fantasy of like drawing in your notebook and doing things. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that comparison is Dragon's Lair because there's a kind of like choices and like if you got to, you know, like there's like stones that fall, remember, and they hit you on the head or something. Sure. You'd like make choices to not die. So it feels more like that kind of a game. 
You know a I mean? little bit. Yeah, there's a little bit of like choice based stuff. But like, I feel like, I mean, it's funny because my son, who is 14, he does something really similar to this. And so I can watch it in real time. He gets together with his friends on Zoom and he'll do like these little like it's not official D&D, but it's kind of like their informal group D&D. He just kind of makes it up as he go along and he's like the DM. And so like he'll often have these like little binary choices. I listen in when he thinks I'm not listening and I'm like, oh, OK, that was pretty funny or oh, that was pretty cool. Um, so I'm proud of him for doing that. But this really reminds me of that where it's like, Mm-mm. do you go left or do you go right? You went left. Oh, you died. Like right, he does that right. shit all Choices. the time, dude. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like it's really I mean, I get what you're saying. Like it's not really an RPG. It's not a JRPG. It's its own thing. And they probably should have called it something else. But I think that it's really true to life. And I see my kid doing it. I'm like, oh, man, that's just like this game. It's really funny. So check it out. Anyway, great stuff. OK, I don't have anything else. Housekeeping, anything final, Carlos? Let's close it up. Closing it up, moving on to the main portion of the show. We have a lot to get through today. Starting off with you, Carlos, with a game called Adore. A-D-O-R-E. This is uh, coming to us from Brazil, I believe. I think this was an award-winning game in Brazil or perhaps in the South American game circles. Mm. Um, Kind of like a top-down Pokemon-ish sort of thing. I played a little bit of it, but I'm going to let you lead off on uh, on this segment here. Tell us about Adore. Yeah, it says it's 1.0 is out now because it's on Steam, but I'm playing it on PlayStation, I believe. I played it on Switch. Okay, so it's out on all the consoles. I think Xbox 2, we're guessing? Probably, probably. Um, And, yeah, I think that even though it says 1.0, it seems like a fully functioning, you know, finished game. I mean, isn't that what 1.0 means? Oh, I guess that's what that means. Yeah. Yeah, Okay, you You learn something new every day. Mystery solved, folks. Million podcasts later. (laughs) <laughs> um, well, you know, I, I to stand up for myself and not that I'm not totally like clueless. Lots of times, 1.0 in a Steam game is isn't fully finished because I mean, Diablo's a perfect example. Sure, sure. It's sure. on 1.1.3 or something, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. No, I get you. I get you. It seems like it's pretty finished, and it's a relaxing game. Like I really picked it up randomly. Um, I would call it a kind of a real time uh, strategy game. And it's Pokemon is very like light because basically here's what you do. You have a character and you basically control um, different animal monster things you find. Uh, You have to do actually a mechanic to capture them, uh, which is kind of tricky and you have to have enough life and stuff. But in the very beginning, I found out this is like top down three quarters view character. And I thought I could fight. Like, that's the miscommunication of the advertising, I thought. Oh, you thought your avatar itself could fight. Yeah, I thought I could roll because I see the dodge roll, and I see action going on on the screen. I didn't even look further than that. But no, you do not attack at all. You just run around and do dodge roll, which is good. But then you, again, have to collect these um, weakened monsters, and once you do, which is the Pokemon connection, you can control them. But what's different is, yeah, in a similar vein with Pokemon, you do call them out by a different button. So like you have a button assigned to a different monster. So yeah. four different buttons, four different monsters, if you have four. And then they have a certain amount of energy so they can last only for so long to stay out there and fight. You know what I just realized? I realized I actually talked about this last week. I didn't even did think Did you? It. Yeah, I think I did. I, I was like, you know, wait a minute. As you were describing it, I'm like, wait a minute, didn't I say that already? And I went oh, back and checked. No. We did. no, that's fine. Go ahead, because I actually, uh, I, I, I could chip in some more on it. Well, here's my alternate take. Yeah. yeah, we need an alternate take on it. Um, I think that, yeah, so that's the basic game is that you go around and find these little monsters. Um, again, if certain ones you don't have, you have to weaken them, and then you collect them. And then you go back to a hub town and do things like upgrade and talk to people and get recipes and shit like that. 
So it's Hubtown, go out in little map, fight monsters, and gain monsters. And that's the game. I mean, did anything? you like it, though? Yeah, I know. It's, that's, I was just trying to set it up. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, good. Good explanation. Yeah, episode. good explanation. Um, and, yeah, there's other things like cooking and runes. And I, I got a little lost on a bunch of the, like, middle stuff, you know, miscellaneous. <laughs> yes, yes. I was yes. like, I just want to go out and do the fighting part. Right, right, right. So, yeah, to, the, the short TLDR again is that it's relaxing. Like, I really like it. And I it was a nice change of pace to not fight. Because I'm doing all these games where I'm fighting, right? Right. Diablo, I'm like sweating and fighting. Baldur's Gate, I'm fighting and strategizing. And in this one, I'm just like walking to the next part of the map and calling out my little monsters and having them do things. So, yeah, I just found it relaxing and nice. And I actually really like on the analog stick, I guess it's the same on the Switch, but you can like push the direction of where you want those monsters to go when you call them. I believe so. It's such a small thing. But it's something I really, really like. So, like, you hit, like, say, on me, like, um, PlayStation, I hit the circle button or whatever. Or, yeah, one of the buttons. Is it and hoop? Th- I call it hoop. Oh, yeah. Box or hoop? Box and hoop. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, you you can hold it down and kind of, like, move the analog so you're picking the direction of where it's going. It's hard to explain, but it's very, very relaxing and intuitive. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, I just I really enjoyed doing it. Like, I like the action of playing the game. Gotcha. I didn't there wasn't there doesn't seem like a ton of story. Maybe I'm just early on, but it was really just go out, fight things. I guess I fought a boss. Um, oh, yeah, I did fight a boss and it felt good. It felt like I could strategize again, real time strategy feel of a game and then go back home and upgrade and stuff like that. So I don't know. I, it's just relaxing and cool. Right on. Yeah, you know, after you started talking about it, I remembered that I was like, oh, yeah, I did cover this last week. You weren't here, so that's about what made me think I didn't cover it yet. But, uh, yeah, I didn't care for this game, like, even remotely at all. I really wow, bounced off it pretty all. hard. No, I felt... Re- just to recap real quickly, I'm not going to get into it again, but it felt just really rough. Um, I felt like the map was terrible. I felt like it just was really awkward, just really poorly designed as far as, like, leading the player through things. I, like you said, I got lost in the middle stuff also, and... I just it reminded me a lot of a, a GameCube game. Uh, you weren't here, so I couldn't ask you. But did you ever play Lost Kingdoms on the GameCube? I have to look it up. That doesn't sound familiar. Oh, I played everything. Hold that on. is this game except better. So I, there hasn't been a lot of games like this. So fair play, and I think it's a cool idea. But I, I, I the longer I played it, um, and when I talked about it on the show, I'd only just like started it, so I was still kind of like middling on it. But the longer I played it, the less I liked it. Uh, but it is a cool idea, and I would love to see more games take the same concept and like run further with it. Right, because I think that this is again the concept is fun. I'm looking yeah. at Lost Kingdoms. I never played it weirdly enough, but oh man, that's a good ass game. I would say that you know rose tinted glasses sometimes because I'm watching the gameplay and I'm like, a door feels like it's a better gameplay loop, um, in my opinion, or like it's smoother, you know. But this, the concept is the same. I mean, well, the concept is same, we're yeah. not going to go back and play it regardless because who's, who's going to dig out their GameCube? But anyway, there's not very many of these yes. where you put a monster on a button and you kind of poke them on your way through the world. There's not many of them. There's not so, many, and I, yeah. I like it. So I guess, yeah, my short take is that I like it. And I think to, to add to you, I think it's confusing. Like parts of it are confusing. Like yeah. my monsters were hurt or cursed or whatever, oh, and I geez. couldn't uncurse them. Yes. You might have already said this on the show. But I was like, "What? this should just be very easy. Like, where's the uncurse button? Yes. So I just feel like it's a small studio. Maybe they made some bad choices when it comes to the UI and the kind of what they're doing there. Yeah. Um, the, again, the middle part, I call it. Like the kind of minutia 
uh, seems off, but the gameplay is so relaxing and fun. So it's like easy to go back to and just, I don't know. I still like it for, no, I mean, I agree with you there. I think when you, when you look at the core of what they got, I think the core is good and I think the core is solid, but, but like you said, they need to just like polish things up and like fix the UI and clarify a few things and simplify a few things. Like they've got a good, they've got a good stake there. They just kind of seasoned it wrong a little bit. Uh, adore. It's just not Beyonce yet. It's just not Beyonce yet. Yes, exactly. That okay. is definitely the name of the podcast. I'm, I'm already writing it down. Okay. I'm already writing it down. Uh, okay, so just to, since we're on the topic of talking about games that we have already talked about, let me let me do that myself. Um, you talked about guilt last week, mm-hmm. right? So I hold on. Let me make sure. Not last week because I've been gone two weeks for a ago. Yeah. Two weeks ago. Let me double check because I feel like I'm like, geez, did I already talk about this already, or did I not talk about it? Already? I know. I'm sorry. I only heard some of the last. No, two it's episodes. fine. It's fine. I'm in the I'm in the, the shadow zone here. Okay, no, I didn't talk about it. I you sold me on it two weeks ago, and so I went to go play it because that sounded really interesting. And I do want to say I think that was a pretty legit uh, recommendation that you gave two weeks ago. Gylt. Nice. It was originally, uh, what was it? It was it was exclusive for a while on what is that service? It's not Apple. Oh, Stadia. Apple Arcade. Stadia. I think it was yeah, a Stadia exclusive I think for a while. So, yeah. I've already forgotten Stadia. I think everybody's forgotten Stadia. But anyway, um, I guess the best way to describe it for me uh, is kind of like. Uh, I feel like it's like Silent Hill for kids. Kind of, it's a weird. I'm description. glad because I I mentioned Silent Hill in my first yeah, review. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that was right on. I think you're definitely right on. All your everything you said about it was pretty much on target. Uh, I started jumping into it. The graphics uh, you called out as being notable. I, I agree. I think they're very notable. It looks like uh, Leica Animation Studio. They did um, Paranorman and Coraline and all Coraline, those games. Totally. Kubo and the Two Strings. Yeah. Uh, it looks it looks just like that. I'm like, damn, this looks fucking special. Like it looks really cool. Um, a little bit simplified gameplay, but I think that's a totally fine. That's not a knock in any way. I think that's great. And just having this story of this girl walking around these spooky environments looking for her lost friend. It's creepy and it's fun. And uh, I think it's really good. It's a really solid game. I'm not going to go too far into it because we did cover it last week or two weeks ago. Um, but yeah, you were right on, dude. That was a good recommendation and I'm digging it. And I definitely think it's okay um, for maybe older kids. I mean, it is a little spooky at times. It's not super spooky. I wouldn't say that it's like a horror game, but it's... A little scary. You got some monsters chasing you sometimes. You got to hide sometimes. There's a little bit of that going on there, but definitely Silent Hill for kids by way of Leica animation, and that's a pretty cool thing. And wasn't the music just awesome? Yeah, it was really good. Everything about it is really good, like really high yeah. quality. Everything about it just oozes oozes quality. So yeah, it's good it oozes stuff. production value. It's like for sure. Yeah, exactly. Wow, exactly. this is like an animated film or something. So. Yeah, I can't stress how awesome it is enough. And you just reminding me of it, I'm going to go back and try to finish it because uh, I don't think it's a very long game. No, I think people said it was like four or six hours or something, yeah. which seems completely perfect and correct. Exactly, so. which is why I need to finish it. So yeah. thanks for reminding me. Yeah, well, thanks for recommending it. That is great. Let me talk about one other thing, and then I'll turn it back over to you. Uh, Red, The Red Strings Club. Uh, have you ever heard of it, Carlos? Yes, and I don't know how. I'm looking it up. All right. This is a so, visual novel. Kind of ish. Um, so here's the deal: the developers of this game, I forget what their name is, Deconstruct Team, Deconstruct Team, Indie Studio. They have a new game coming up soon. It's called The Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood. Okay. And I saw a trailer of that. I'm like, oh, that looks really weird and interesting. That seems like just my jam. That's cool. It's not out yet. So I got in touch with um, PR and I put in a request. So I'll probably talk about it, you know, soonish or whatever. Uh, but I'm like, well, since that's not out, let me see what else these people have done because I like to do that. You know, I feel like um, it's important to go back and see where people came from. It's kind of like your favorite music artist, right? Like whatever their latest album is, if you like their latest album, 
you go back to their previous album and you go like, well, what were you doing two years ago? What kind of sound were you into then? And you can kind of hear the progression of how they grew, maybe what their influences were, maybe changes in their style or whatever. I love to do that. I don't know if people do that anymore. I well, love to do that. Yeah. And let me put an asterisk on that and say yeah. that some of those albums are better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Give dude, me like straight real, up like real. Nirvana and some other bands and I can just thinking off offhand Mastodon and stuff. There's some incredible records that are like their first record or the second record. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And by the way, these guys are mentioned in the uh, guys and gals are mentioned in the uh, visual novel fest. Cause remember there's a million fests, too many fests. Fest and it, fest. It's happening. I think still right now on steam and they are mentioned in it because of um, their games. Cause they are narrative kind of driven. Yeah. Games, right? Yeah. They, absolutely true. Absolutely true. So, um, so that other one isn't the Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood isn't out yet. I'm gonna for sure check that out. But there's I'm, a but, demo, by the way, on Steam. Oh, okay, good. Right check now. out the demo. Yep. Uh, but but instead, I'm like, okay, well, I know that their other game, the Red Strings Club, is out on Switch. And in fact, I even bought it. I didn't even realize. But when I went to the store, I'm like, oh shit, I bought this a couple years ago and I never played it. So I already had it. Um, fired it up, and I got to say, it was really so strange and unorthodox i didn't even know what to even do with it and i am i am a connoisseur of strange i am like i love strange games but this one was like pushing the envelope even for me um so i don't even quite know how to explain it basically kind of a visual novel kind of a weird mini game thing um the story from what i gathered is you're in this kind of weird dystopian future, Blade Runner type future kind of a thing where corporations own everything and everybody is like cyber jacked and they got tubes in them and everybody's half cyborg and stuff. Um, and the game starts off with the main character falling to his death, which I think is a really cool way to start your game. Very intriguing and exciting. And then it goes back to, you know, record scratch. You probably wonder how I got here kind of a thing. So cool. I dig it. Um, but then it kind of gets really, just really odd. Like, there's a the very first thing you do is a mini game where you're pouring drinks and it was really very cumbersome, uh, very cumbersome and not well explained. I got kind of frustrated on the very first gameplay section um, and it went on for like too long. So I'm like, OK, you're kind of losing me. Strong opening, but you're kind of losing me. You move on from the drinks thing. You talk a little bit and then I'm like, OK, back in. The talking is good. Let's find out what's going on here. And then you go to this section where. You're gonna, you're not even gonna believe what I'm gonna tell you. You're gonna think I'm completely crazy. I am gonna believe it because I remember playing this game now. Okay, good, good, good. I really need a second opinion on this. Yeah. Um, so what happens is, you become an android person working in this factory. Everybody is like pretty naked, which is really sh shocking to me. Um, and then you're supposed to take requests from people who get wheeled into you in like some kind of a cryo state. And it'll be like, I'm a YouTuber and no one watches my videos. I need help. And so then you go to a machine, which I can only describe as a lathe for flesh. You, you get a chunk of flesh and you're supposed to carve it into a shape that will somehow get this guy more views on YouTube. And so like there's this little weird of carving course. template and you have a couple different tools and you spin the flesh and you've got to carve chunks of it out. And then when it's the right shape, you put it inside the guy's tummy and you send him on his way. And I'm like, okay, this is fucking weird. Totally sounds like Existence, by the way. It does sound like Existence. Yeah, the uh, David, what's his name? Cronenberg? Cronenberg, yeah. yeah. That's a great movie, by the way. Go watch that. Um, so I'm like, okay, I did that for a while. I'm like, okay, I did like three or four patients. And I'm like, okay, this is weird. But it's also kind of boring and dull. Like, it's not super exciting to carve flesh from a lathe. Like, once or twice is fine. But like... I think I ended up doing like 
four or five times. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready to do the next thing. But they're like, no, no, you got to carve more. And I'm like, I don't want to carve more. I, I'm ready to move on. Nope, you got to carve some more. It just went on for like forever. And like the first guy came back, he cycled back around. And he's like, okay, you got me more views, but now the hater aid is so strong, I can't deal with my depression. So what do you do for me now? And I'm like, oh shit, okay, well, I got to carve him a shape that'll make him not care what people think about him. And I carve that one too. And I'm like, okay, this is all really like fascinating and interesting, but like, it's just, it's dragging on too long and I need it to move on to the next thing. I had carved so many pieces of flesh that I'm like, I'm good. And I just was like, okay, I'm going to put this down for now because I'm getting kind of pissed off and bored. And instead and I just of carving never, flesh, can't you just go to therapy? I, right? You would think so. Seems uh, easier. It's I, I agree. Probably cheaper too. Uh, so I just, I bounced at that point. I, I didn't technically bounce, but like I put it down because I got frustrated and I never came back to it. And now we're doing the show. So I don't have a follow-up to that, but it seemed really fascinating and cool, but like, cumbersome and also they didn't know when to say when on some of these mini games yeah. and like it's just this weird very experimental like i like the vibe but i didn't like the gameplay so i kind of i'm probably not going to come back to it now but i am very intrigued to see what they're going to do with the cosmic wheel sisterhood now carlos you said you played this yourself what what do you remember anything about it yeah i mean everything you're saying and i'm looking at the pictures of it now i remember playing it this came out in 2018 yeah, I've had it on my on my Switch for a while, dude. <laughs> and I played it back in 2018 because I play every game that ever comes out ever. Sure. Including on my new sh- channel, Glitch to the Ground. Check it out. Um, is uh, <laughs> No, yeah, I, it, I got confused. Like you're saying, you reminded me of all the things. I remember mixing drinks and going like, oh, is this a mixing drink game? And I was like, nope, it's not that. Nope. You got to do some cutting. And then there's some naked people. And I was like, what? What they do is they create these worlds of I, – I, it's a point-and-click adventure slash narrative. Yeah, that it's like it's telling us weird story they want to tell, but the actual gameplay I got confused by. Yeah, yeah. And I just stopped. I stopped playing because I was like, I really like parts of this, and I like cyberpunk and I like the look of it, but I just didn't want to do the things that same, I was doing. Same, same. Yeah. yeah. And so I remember in 2018 I stopped <laughs> playing it. But that being said, and going to one of your things you always say on the show is that when people and developers work on games and they keep trying things, they get to another state status or whatever, and they're like, now we're making this game, and it's even the best thing we've ever done, right? Right, right, right. So they made, after that, they made Essays on Empathy in 2021, which I didn't play. I have not played that one. And then, like you said, Cosmic Wheels, the next one, which is two years later, so it's like every couple years they've made a game, and so maybe this is the one, right, like that breaks them out or something. But that one specifically, no thanks. I, I just didn't like what I was doing, but I like, yeah, it's a, it's a shame because I think that everything about it was so on point, like the visuals and the style and the vibe and the tone cyborgs and transhumanism. Like that was all fucking cool. It just seemed like they didn't have any gameplay to go with it. And they, it almost would have been better if they had just gone traditional visual novel. I kind of, I would have hung in if it was just like that, but just doing the boring stuff for too long. I was like, dude, this is, this is actual boring and I want to get back to the good stuff. Um, so I don't know. I'm probably not going to come back to it, but I will be very curious and I'm very open to seeing how they've evolved in the last four or five years to see with their next game. So hopefully they have taken those lessons and kept the cool stuff, uh, revamped the stuff that was maybe not so cool. And hopefully they got a real winner on their hands. So that's coming out soon. I'll report back on that. But as for the red strings club, I think I'm out on that one. And to just finalize that, um, the cosmic wheel of sisterhood is about a fortune teller and it's about, or you create a tarot deck. Um, so it does seem more focused on like one type of mechanic, at least. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. 
We shall see. Okay, turning it back over to you, Carlos, for a game which I've never heard of, and you're going to tell us about now. It has to do with uh, Native American theming, and I'm going to butcher this pronunciation. Everybody forgive me, and if you know how to properly pronounce this, please let me know. I'm guessing it's called Skabma, S-K-A-B apostrophe M-A. Is that right, or do you think it's, I'm close? Yeah, it's S-K-A apostrophe over that oh, I'm A. I'm sorry. That's okay. My bad. B-M-A, um, Skabma, I guess. I, f- I actually probably heard it in the game, but I forgot. So I, I apologize, especially being native. I am failing this review already. Ouch. Well, um, I equally failed. And if anybody knows, please let us know. But we're going to go with Skabma, I guess. Yeah. And okay. so basically you play as a, a character in this tribe, um, Ailu. And basically, you know, it's a third person uh, adventure game with some combat. Like a and, point and click type of adventure no, game? No, 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 no. Like third person run around action oh, okay. adventure kind gotcha. of game, right? Gotcha, Okay. Platforming and, you know, that kind of thing. Gotcha. Again, we've done 8 million episodes of the show. I don't know how to describe games, so sorry. <laughs> but it's that. You know, it's Banjo-Kazooie. I always go back to Banjo-Kazooie. Okay, it's Banjo-Kazooie. That's what it is, right? <laughs> Mario 64, okay? It's right. that kind of game. But, um, and, you know, you do that game right and you got the mechanics right, you know, you'll, it, that's important. And I think they do. Um, so he plays this character who's part of a tribe, kind of, you know, starts off like just like taking care of reindeer and making sure they don't like leave the pen and stuff. And at some point there's um, a reindeer that leaves and you got to go track it down. Can I ask you really quickly before yeah. we go on? Um, what is the maybe you said it. I missed it. But like what is what part of the world is this set? And is this like a, a snowy area or is this like America type thing or what kind of um, environment are we talking? Yeah, it's about? a Nordic kind of native a village okay okay um and it says right here that they're the sami healers and so it's a very specific tribe and a very specific set of native well you said reindeer so i'm thinking well reindeer are only like in the snowy, right. yeah. you know um european norway scandinavia part of town right yeah it says never been never before seen representation of indigenous sami stories okay gotcha. so there you go so not um, american indigenous but no no, uh, no 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 like nordic kind of nordic um, indigenous. yeah gotcha and it's really, you know, like, it's beautiful. And I think I tweeted out um, a, a snapshot of it. Um, it just feels really cool, the world they built. Um, and, yeah, the little characters run around and you're talking to people and stuff like that. And then at some point, the impetus of the whole story is you go chasing after this deer and kind of fall in this crevasse somewhere. You meet a spirit, which, again, are a lot of these stories. Uh, well, they from, hang out in crevasses. That's where you find That's spirits. where they go, yeah. yeah. yeah familiar spirit uh and says basically you now have to save the world of course and you know it sends you on your way with like this new power that you get from a drum and the drum can heal you and can also do other things um it's a very story driven game this is like you know third person run around jump platform but it's really about the story they're trying to tell and this connection that this character now has to the spirit world and how to you know help save the world um and again i didn't get too far but Really, it's about exploration so far, at least, and, you know, not combat heavy, but you are doing things with, like, you know, enemies and and other things around you and stuff. But it's just a beautiful landscape to explore, Um, having just fun just being in that world. Um, And like I said, you got to do the mechanics right. And so far, all the jumping feels good. Like, there's, like, powers you get later on, like shields and stuff and jumping through, like, uh, hoops. Ah, bringing it back. <laughs> but like, full circle. Yeah. But you're tri- jumping through you like these orbs and stuff. Full circle. Full circle hoop. Hoop. Circle. Yeah, there you go. 
And then you stop for moments to get more of the story and, and kind of learn about, you know, this tribe and these spirits and stuff like that and how you're going to save the world. So that's the story. Uh, again, the game is just relaxing, almost similar to uh, a door in that way where, like, I just like running around this world and seeing it. I think they did a really good job of, like, representing this whole thing. And there's some tracking and stuff like that, too, which is par for the course for Native sure, Americans. Sure, Um it's just, it was a, a breath of fresh air. It came out of nowhere. Uh, and I'll talk about this at the end of the show, but I'm watching the last season of Reservation Dogs, uh, which is fucking incredible. Everybody go watch it. And so it was just a great pairing. You know how I love that pairing. You like the uh, multimedia uh, experience. I know Yes. So I finished watching an episode of Reservation Dogs, came over here, played this, and I got my fill. So I recommend it. I think it's pretty cheap. I'm trying to see how much it is right here. It seems like it's probably Steam only, huh? No, no, I'm playing on PlayStation. Oh, PlayStation. I didn't realize. Okay. Can you check? Because we always say it might be on Xbox. Just check to see sure, if it's on sure, Xbox. Because sure. all the oftentimes I go about on and on about how Xbox doesn't have some of these games. I like to know. I am looking at up. Xbox. Uh, it's, yes, it is on Xbox. It is. Okay, good. It's $20 on Steam. I think it was about 15 on PlayStation. So, yeah, I think it's really cool, relaxing. I think I need to go, you know, further in to see more of the powers. But, she, you know, the character definitely gets, like, a ton of powers. Right, it's not, like, right, just, right. like, running and jumping and, like, going through the woods. It's, like, running, jumping, finding new drum powers. You know, there are, like, this kind of darkness that's taking over, which is in every game. But, like, you've got to, like, get rid of the darkness with your drum as well. Um, so it's, like, again, not direct, like, hacking and slashing, but you're using your drum... Like magic. I guess you're a magic user, really. I mean, probably. That's a common theme that runs through a lot of uh, indigenous stories and myths, and I would guess probably games as well. Yeah, and it also heals you. It's like really cool. It's like a double thing. So I think it's cool. You should check it out. It shows another tribe that doesn't get represented at all, like most native stories. Um, so check it out. All right, right on. Sounds uh, sounds great, and it's on apparently uh, on most of the platforms. There you it go. It is. All right, so that was Skabma. A um, couple more games to go here, and I'm actually really looking forward to uh, some of these. This one, maybe not so much. Uh, <laughs> Atlas Fallen coming from Deck 13, who I'm pretty sure are the people that did Lords of the Fallen. Is that right? And they did, there's another one they did, uh, The Surge, I believe. Surge, yeah, and the Surge, Surge 2. Yeah. Surge 2. Uh, so this one uh, just dropped a couple days ago. It is, uh, I don't know, a third person action game where you play a person who's got this. Uh, <laughs> I'm already getting tired talking See, about it. See, we can't describe games, though. I think some of it's on us. I mean, I think part of it is my lack of enthusiasm for this game. Okay. Maybe you liked it more than I did. But uh, anyway, um, you play a person in this uh, RPG fantasy world. It's kind of like desert, desert based or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, it's just, it's so generic with like the whole fantasy and the people getting impressed and whatever. whatever. I can't even, I'm sorry guys. I got to tap out. I can't even talk about this game. Was it so well, I can help. Let me help. go ahead. Go I'll ahead. Take it. over Carlos. I just, a, there's a God yes. and the God like basically said like, Hey, give everything to me. Okay. And all the resources, including the land's resources. And so because that God did that, the land just became sand and, and a wasteland. Yes. So that guy's Lots a of sand. dick. He's like an asshole. Um, and so then you're there and you meet another God Who's like this kind of, uh, you know, he's trapped in the gauntlet, I believe, that you yeah, have. Yeah, the gauntlet that you find soon after you start the yeah. game. Yeah, and in that gauntlet, you basically like have all your powers and your abilities, which are like 
essentially melee abilities, but that come out of the gauntlet. And so that's it. And then you er, er, periodically talk to this, you know, other God. And it's funny because someone said on a chat room or somewhere, some discussion board, like, is either of them better? Because the God that you keep talking to in your gauntlet is like, hey, I could do things better. But that's what they all say. Sure. Until they become this guy, I think he's named Thelos, and then they ruin the whole land. So it's like, it's not a good story, I don't think. Right. Because you're like, why am I fighting for two different gods who both seem to want their own thing, you know? And they don't like each other or something. But the the core mechanic that I thought was interesting uh, was the sliding around. Because the idea is that you can slide in the sand with just one button press. Yeah. Um, And it is relaxing, right? Like that part was Yeah, you like surf around to navigate between places. And you just like surf on top of the sand and you just zip around places. Yeah. Yeah. But the game definitely feels like a, I call it Darksiders vibe. <laughs> right? Because the it's a kind of a clunky, like Darksiders was like this action RPG kind of game. But like you felt like these really big characters, you know, and and the mechanics just felt a little weird to me always. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's what it feels like with this game. It's like you're running around action adventure RPG-ish, but you're, um, yeah, everything's really kind of clunky. Real uh, clunky, yeah. And then on top of that, the other thing, I guess we're going to do kind of a short review. Yeah. Is that, like, when you do attack, I never felt the tactile sensation that I needed or, like, the concrete understanding of what I was going to do. Yes. Like, every time I jumped in the air, I had an idea what I wanted to do, but it didn't always play out that way. Yeah. And I think that's my biggest problem with the game is that, like, I like going in the sand. I like the kind of world they built. I like that it's not like their other games, which is not a Souls game at all, at all. Um, you just have to like you know upgrade your stuff and you know upgrade your armor, and it's kind of more of a action adventure RPG game. Yeah. But when I got to things that were should shouldn't be that difficult, I felt myself eating shit more than I should because I wasn't it wasn't playing out like I thought it would be. It's not tuned. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. It's not tuned at all. So let me let me back up a little bit. I just like deck 13, dude, like Lords of the Fallen was ass. Okay, that was like a really bad game. I know it's got some fans now, but you're just wrong. It's just it's not a good game. Nothing about it is good. The Surge also super not a good game. Um, And this game, Atlas Fallen, also super not a good game. And I'm kind of wondering how these guys keep get to make keep making games. I mean, they must sell enough to keep making them. But like I've played all their games and they're all not great. Like Search they all have major sold problems. Well, I think that's why. I, I mean, maybe sure. yeah. I guess, but like I just wasn't really sold. On, I mean, I didn't. I played the Surge two as well. I didn't care for it. Um, but this one, I mean, despite starting off with this world where you're you have these warring gods, you gotta pick pick a side and everything. I mean, the setting is okay. You know, kind of a Dune like sort of a thing going on. Um, but just it just feels like ass to play. Like the combat is so bad. I felt like the Okay, so it took me a while. In fact, I didn't even understand this. I had to read this on a message board, but they're like, oh, the gauntlet that you have that has the god of inside of it, it creates weapons from the sand. And I'm like, oh, is that what's going on? I totally didn't put that together at all. It just felt like you were conjuring these weapons out of nowhere. And it, you know, even before you're in the sandy place, you can be in a place that's not sandy and it still conjures them. So that didn't really make a lot of sense. It doesn't matter anyway, because it's just for like looks or something. But like, you get these weird weapons that conjure up out of nowhere and they just feel totally laggy and off point. Um, There's a lot of combat games lately. And like, you have to have really tactile, like you said, tactile 
things have to do what you want them to do when you need them to do it and that's how you get a good combat experience like you can count on your weapons you can count on your dodge rolling you can count on what's going on but in this game like i would hit the um the triangle button for like a bonus attack or the strong attack sometimes like half the time it wouldn't work and i'm like when what's going on why is this button not working or sometimes it would work after like a second and sometimes i'm doing the other uh square attack which is your basic attack and it just was like mashing just pure mashing yeah the 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 time delay that happened and the feedback that happened when you're doing the combat was just all over the place dude like it felt completely miserable and that's an important point is the delay yeah Yeah. because i think that's really at the heart of what this is because by the way the other part of this that we're not really we're leaving out is that you're in the air a lot of times you're actually in the air most of the time if you jump i mean i didn't i didn't bother doing wait that were you not i was like whatever like it's dumb like i didn't like any of the combat i was just okay. on the ground let time. me let me put a little double asterisk then okay this game is about being in the air like it wants you to be in the air because all these moves come out of like you floating and when you float you can keep attacking in the air um, so that's and and to that point, when you're up there, it's it's confusing on when you're gonna land, and the lag that happens while you're in the air is mm-hmm. confusing. Well, let me so, ask you then. So, how did you? Are you just doing that because of how it felt? Because I don't remember any tutorial that's like do all air combos or anything like that. It was just like, regardless of whether I was in the air or on the ground, and jumping didn't really seem to add anything. I just it was this really laggy, just offbeat combat that I didn't care for. Did was there some advantage to it? You have to. Yeah, at some point, you're going to have to. Like, basically, I don't know. I I played a lot of this game, actually. I remember I got a code earlier. You definitely played more than I did. And I beat some bosses and stuff, and I was trying to have a really good time with it. And I don't know if I'm done done with it, but, like, there's this thing about air dashing. So you can actually jump in the air and then dash. Then you open up another one, so you can dash, like, two or three times. So you can, like, traverse the land, and it's almost like you're flying. Like a Just Cause kind of vibe. Like, it definitely has a Just Cause vibe. Gotcha. So that's what opens up. And then you're basically just doing that all the time. There's all these special moves that you can do while you're in the air. And there's obviously monsters that are floating anyhow. So maybe this is because you got further than I did. Because yeah. I was I was so turned off at the beginning. I didn't have like all those air options. So maybe I just didn't play long enough. But to be fair, what I saw did not even remotely make me want to play more. So there, I wouldn't have put more time into it anyway. But it's just the same what you're doing, but in the air. So I'm gotcha. saying like, gotcha. I'm adding to your point that the lag was also in the air. Gotcha. And so, yeah, I just was confused. Like, especially with bosses, like you said earlier, you've got to be spot on with what the character's going to do once you hit the yeah. button. Yeah. And so I lost a bunch of fights. And then, bunch, uh, by the way, some of the monsters and bosses have weak points. And that feels weird in a game like this because I'm already in the air. I'm breaking it down real granular real quick. I'm already in the air. This one sand monster, Dune is a very good, uh, you know, mention yeah, yeah. there. Yeah, counterpoint. Uh-huh. And... The, the weakness on the on the sand monster, and I'm in the air, is on like the lower part of its body. So I have to drop to the ground, even though I'm doing all these combos in the air, hit just at its body's weak point, then jump back up in the air, and then hang out there, and then hit its head. So it's like there's this confusing thing. And then on top of that, there's leg. Right. So right. I got real in the weeds with it, but it's like it wants to be this awesome, huge combo thing. But I just think it's just off. I think it's off. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm sure the people at Deck 13 are great people. This is not a personal attack in any way. I don't know them personally. I don't mean them. I don't mean them ill or anything like that. Like, this is not supposed to be kind of a personal slam. But, like, looking at their output only, talking about the games they've made, and I believe I've played every game they've put out, 
none of them are good. They are not good games. Mechanically, they are not good. I think the systems that they put in, we haven't even mentioned, like, as soon as I saw how many menus and little bits and bobs you have to upgrade in this game and that was following, I'm like, oh, forget it. Like, I'm not going to spend time, like, collecting all these things and upgrading. Like, for, like if the combat base experience isn't good, I'm not going to upgrade a bunch of shit. And they just, I, I super do not care for their games and I do not think they make good games. All so right. I'm sure they're nice people, but I was out pretty quick on this one because it just felt terrible. Just that, just the lag and attacking alone was enough to get it off my radar. Like, it just does not feel good. Yeah, I would just say that the only other kind of semi-counterpoint is that I did have a good enough time with the open world and the you know, sliding around yeah. mechanic and finding shit. It, again, it felt like Darksiders in a huge open world, which was fine by me. It's just that when I had to get past certain monsters or bosses, I felt weak sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because even though I had upgraded my stuff, which, by the way, I've done a lot more than that than you did in this game. Oh, I'm sure you did. And... I bring it up because none of it felt good. Mm. <laughs> like, you know, I my armor was like, upgrade it. And I was like, okay, did that do anything better? I don't know. Like, I didn't know. Right. And there's no traditional weapons because they're all magic weapons. Right. So it's like everything I upgraded, I just didn't know if I felt better after it. Right. And then you, by the way, you raise things out of the ground. And that's another mechanic that was kind of yeah. interesting yeah. for puzzles and stuff. Like, it felt like Zelda at some point. Um, but yeah, there's just things that are interesting that I liked losing myself in that world for a while, but I just kept getting frustrated when it came to the combat. Here's a, here's a quick, quick side note. I just had to throw this in cause I found it particularly stupid and irritating. Yeah. In the very, 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 very beginning of the game, you're like this, uh, I picked a lady, you can pick a lady or a dude, I believe. Um, and I'm like walking around and then you do a couple, couple things, you kill some monsters or whatever. And then you have to leave the very, like the very starting town. This is like 10, 15 minutes after you start the game real early. And so the, you go up to the, the guard who's guarding the gate. He's like, you can't go out without armor. And I'm like, uh, okay, fine. So I go to, to go to get some armor and you have to buy it. You have literally just started the game and you have to buy the armor. I had zero dollars. And I'm like, how the fuck am I supposed to buy this armor? Who's going to give me money? Where am I supposed to get money at? And so what I ended up doing was luckily I had picked up a couple of random, um, like, I don't know, like, plants or whatever herbs or something as i was running through killing the monsters nothing nobody tells you to pick them up i just picked them up at random and i ended up selling those for money and it, i had just enough money it was like a hundred dollars for the armor and i ended up having like 110 dollars or something like that Jeez. and i'm like that's fucking stupid because if i didn't pick up those herbs randomly i would have had no money and then what would i have done because i couldn't have bought the very first starting armor and the guy wouldn't have let me start the game how would I have gotten past that? Was there money Goodness. scattered throughout the camp? Am I supposed to search out bags of money? I mean, that's the kind of thing where you're like, why the fuck are you doing that? I just literally started your game. Don't start don't start your game out like that. Okay, well, counterpoint. Yes. Just like anything that can happen bad or weird to a PC happens to Brad Galloway. Uh, anything weird or buggy, I think, also happens to you in games. Okay. Because that did not happen to me at all. You had plenty of money by the time you had to no, buy the armor? No, there was no money. There's no money involved. There was no there armor was. involved. There no, was. there wasn't. I you're, played no, the dude. game. You're straight up wrong. You were straight up wrong. Uh, I, I'm going to go this. back I it to an old save and find it. But I left the village because they made me leave the village to go get somebody. Yeah, it's it's right after that. It's right after that part where you get that guy and come back. Yeah. And then the guard is like, and you're like, oh, I want to go um, kill some monsters or something. It's after you bring the guy back. Yeah, you and the, 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 the guard let me through no problem. 
Okay, so that so you must have done something differently than I did because he's like, you need armor, you don't have any, and it costs a hundred bucks, and I didn't have. I any didn't money. buy any armor. That's for sure. I didn't buy so, any armor. So something different happened in your game. I swear to you, that's what happened. I wrote it down because it was so fucking know, stupid and it drove weird. me crazy. Again, so. like I said, any weird thing, I, you you seem to find some of that stuff. All I, mean, I know is I talked to everybody. I don't know if you talked to everybody. No, I don't talk to people. It's so I talked to everybody. Maybe I opened up a dialogue option Probably. or something. Maybe you got free armor from somebody, or maybe somebody gave I didn't you money. Get any armor? I'm gonna go back and look. That is a go check it out because that's exactly what now. happened. Anyway, okay, doesn't matter. Don't like this game. Yeah, I don't like. <laughs> just, I just don't care for their games, man. So anyway, I don't like their Fallen. Souls games, by the way. But I, I, I like this the best out of all the things they've made. So that, if that's oh, saying something, and again, I did spend quite a long time like running around their world and stuff. So all right. Anyway, okay. Atlas Fallen. I'm out. Moving on. I'm out so hard. Uh, okay, so here's something that I really found interesting and surprising and i think especially in context of the last couple episodes double surprising um we were just talking about survivors likes uh, and how so many people are aping that right now how many people are stealing that formula and doing nothing different with it and cranking out clones and how, how disappointed at seeing that i was we talked about that i think the last couple episodes um but i came across one randomly uh yesterday and it actually was pretty cool and i liked it and i thought they brought something different to the table mm. so it's called remedium sentinels not a great title um apparently these guys are pc developers i don't know where they're from but remedium is the game that they're working on now and i maybe i'm wrong on this because i don't think remedium is in is in a full release state yet they're still in early access i believe but it looks like they started remedium doing their thing i'm assuming they've played vampire survivors and were like whoa this is dope and then they just crank this one out just like real quick and they're like we can do one of these we're going to do our own flavor while we're making this other game we're going to make this game too and it's just a really I'm kind of surprised they just kind of busted this out real fast. Um, so what is it? It is a top-down survivors-like. And by this, um, you start off with a character. You go into a level. The character automatically attacks. Uh, you kill enemies. And there's a bunch of enemies, like hordes of enemies. They drop experience. You pick up the experience. And when you clear a certain bar, like you get a level up and a power up. I mean, functionally, same thing as Vampire Survivors. They're copying from that template exactly, right? But what makes it different is, number one, the setting and the graphics. The graphics are this really grungy-ass, dirty... Um, it almost reminds me of like a like late PS1 era where characters were made up of like 50 triangles and the, uh, yeah. the textures were like, you know, big, chunky pixels that you could see. Uh, but, I, you know, obviously it's intentional. And I think I really like the style very much. Uh, this is also uh, a game that was clearly done on a very small budget. They recycle some of the models and stuff, and you can see like where they're cutting corners, but that's okay. I think the game costs like $2, maybe $3, so it's not like they're asking an arm and a leg for it. Like, really uh, reasonable price for what they turned out. But the graphics and tone is cool. What also makes it stand out is the um, just the overall aesthetics and design. You play um, humans who are putting together... They look like steampunk golems. And when you go out into the world, there's all these like weird, just goopy monsters or whatever. And you run around with the golems and they get like all like missile launchers and guns. And the, the signature weapon of this game is a giant rotating machine gun on your head. And so like, I think that's a really striking image yeah. um, of this giant like machine gun for a head. And you're just like ro rotating around and shooting dudes and like mortars launching off your back. And sometimes you got this claw that shoots out and it depends on like what, you know, weapon you get and what loadout you get. And it's slow and it's clunky and you never get that you never get that sense of like in Vampire Survivors where you rough at the beginning, 
you get a couple upgrades and then all of a sudden like you're basically invincible where like you've got guys staying 50 feet away from you and you just like mow them down and i'm not saying it's a bad thing i love it in vampire survivors but this feels different because you're constantly on the run like i have yet to get to that point where i'm like oh i'm dominating i'm killing these guys like no problem like i am always running for my life mm. i am always like oh my god i gotta get around these this mob enemies and stuff um but the clunky golem walking around is really fucking cool looking with the gun on his head and the, the rockets and stuff like it look it's got a very different feel to it um it's also structurally somewhat different because there's i think six levels or something again like small game but you can go through these levels and you can finish them like there's like infection level in the thing until so like you get to the first level, you kill a bunch of dudes, and after you can see the infection level like lowering and lowering and lowering as you're going through it, and then eventually like you've purged that level and you're done with it. And that feeling of satisfaction is really cool where you're like, Oh man, I did a couple runs and it's you know, it feels like vampire survivors, but like you're making progress. Like you're you're unlocking little things, unlocks give you better weapons, you clear out the levels, and then you're like, Yeah, I cleared out the graveyard. Oh, it feels good to have that cleared out, you know. Oh, I cleared out the the, uh, the temple oh man that's it's monster free that was me i did that you know like yeah. it just feels good to do something like that um so there's just like little spins on it but i think aesthetically i think is really the coolest thing about it I think it just looks badass i love the way it looks um and just the slight tone difference pace difference um is really great so again it's a really small game um there's not nearly as many weapons as vampire survivors not nearly as many levels it's you know a really quick experience um but I just I love the vibe of what they're doing. I think it just feels really cool and feels different enough to me to where I am interested, whereas I have not been interested in the other two or three v- vampire survivors likes I've tried. Yeah, it seems different enough. It's also five dollars on Steam, so I don't know if it was cheap wherever you got it. I must have had a sale because I bought it on PSN. I swear it was like two or three bucks. It wow. must have been on sale. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, they uh, have done. It's called Sobaco Studios. Mm-hmm. Sobaco mm-hmm. Studio. They did Redeemer, which I feel like we played. Oh, we did play Redeemer. Okay, I know. It's kind of a punch and hack and slash kind of game, not roguelike, but just kind of a brawler, kind of a top downy sort of a yeah war sort of a thing. Yeah. And then on top of that, they're working on a new game called Kyborg, which is going to be third person brawler game. So kind of go back to Redeemer roots, and it's a roguelike, which I have not seen that very often. Which is like third person roguelike. Not a lot of those. Yeah. Yeah. So I bet you that's going to be good. We should talk to them. Yeah, this is interesting. I, I'm I'm really kind of keen on their style and their sensibility. Um, they've got a they've got a vibe to them that I think is kind of appealing. Um, so before we, we bounce off of this, I do want to say just a couple things. Um, so as far as the downsides go, again, expect a small game. Like it seems like they just busted this out like in two weeks or something. So don't don't come into it looking for a full feature thing. Although that said, I, if they did polish this up, add some more levels, or maybe make a sequel with like. Um, you know, more options and polish it up a little bit. I think that would be fantastic. I would really be down for that. But um, the one problem that I have with this game so far is that I feel like it is right on the very edge of being a little bit too hard. Um, So I'm, like I said earlier, I'm constantly struggling. I'm constantly running away from my life. And I haven't really cleared the bar of where now I'm dominating. Now I'm kicking ass. And I've, it's getting pretty tough. And now I need to make some kind of progress. I need to push through. I'm not quite sure what the next thing I need to do is to get to the next level of survivability, but I need to get there because I'm kind of stalling out a little bit, but still into it, still liking it. Um, the other thing that I want to say is not specifically related to this game, but related to PC players and steam in general. I went to steam to read the reviews about this game before the show. Just kind of curious what other people thought of it, if it was liked, not liked or whatever. And this is something common that I find with steam players. Uh, I don't know that it goes to console players, but, like, I'll go to some game that I feel like is really difficult, um, you know, whether it's this or whatever. I've done this multiple times. I'll go to some Steam game. You look at the comments, and it's like, this game was so easy. I finished it in, like, five minutes. Where's the challenge? There need uh, more content. And I'm like, what? 
fuck you, you fucking... Like, if you're not lying, you're a goddamn malformed Steam nerd because they're just like, this game is way too easy. Oh, I gotta beat it. Like, not even looking at the screen, drinking a coffee, talking to talking to somebody. And I'm like, okay, no, it's not that easy. What are you talking about? Like, I mean, if it's that easy for you, I don't even know what to tell you. You're using some exploits or cheats or maybe you're just like this no-lifer living in your mom's basement. But like... Get off of this, dude. Like, I hate going to a Steam board and everybody's saying it's so easy, no challenge, blah, 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 blah. It just irritates the fuck out of me, dude. Well, like, well, it just uh, it can't be real. Cannot be real. I can't agree more. But also, on top of that, what's the problem is a lot of developers listen to that. Uh, what's it called? The minority, the loud minority. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, exactly. And so they'll go to the same page. They'll see that same review and they'll be like, oh, I guess we have to make it harder. Got to you know? make it harder. Yes. Which is the wrong thing to do. So, yeah, I don't know what's up with that. Um, oh, just and me. in defense of everybody who leaves that comment, they're not all in the basement. Uh, but at the same time, they're probably like they could be, you know, our age and living in a nice uh, one bedroom apartment. But they can also be dicks. Like you could be wherever you want to be. And also that same person, which is like, I guess you don't have to be a dick if you're saying like, it's just easy for you, but don't like say this is stupid and it's too easy. Like that's a bad combo. Yeah. It's like, you could pick any game in the world. You could pick like the hardest, the hardest souls or whatever. And there's always some asshole being like, oh, it was so easy. Where's the challenge? Like fuck off, dude. Anyway. Anyway. Oh, one other tiny little thing I wanted to mention. Mm -hmm. Um, slight just slight design choice if the developers listen to this i hope they do please like expand this game don't make it harder um and once like it's it's very imperceptible almost but like when you're running around and the mobs come in i find that the problem that this game has in terms of the mob spawning is that sometimes they'll spawn mobs in front of you in a fa- in a way that feels a little bit unfair so like let's say you've got like 300 guys behind you and you're slowly cutting them around you're kind of like uh, nickel and diming them trying to wear down the mob and then all of a sudden a really sizable mob will come from behind you and then you have nowhere to run. Mm. And that to me feels like if I haven't cleared that bar of killability where I'm not killing guys fast enough, it's basically like a death sentence. And that's kind of where I'm getting stuck. Dude. So I feel like if the developers just tweak this just a little bit, I feel like they would be right in the sweet spot. And I feel like um, the design, the vibe, the golems, the machine gun on the head, like it's, there's a lot of like fucking awesome in this game. They just need to like tweak it again a little bit. And of course, for a really cheap small game like this i get it but like this is gold like don't don't just leave it like this like please fix it up because i think this is worth saving so two two things real quick we'll move on yeah yeah. one i said dude because it sounds like diablo where they if anything again vocal minority that's what it is um yeah say like hey our nightmare dungeons if you play diablo you know what i'm talking about are they don't have enough mobs right and oh I'm my like, god and i'm just getting through them but they're like we want more experience so we can level faster so they did that for them. So, like, I'm definitely not going back to that game. But, like, the Nightmare Dungeons are fuller with more monsters in them now, right? Yeah. That sounds like a thing, again, that, like, these developers listen to their players and maybe even the vocal minority, and they put more, you know, I don't well, know. Well, that comment, that it's funny you say that because literally, literally that exact comment was on one of the boards where the guy's like, there's not nearly enough mobs. And I'm like, are right. you fucking kidding me? I've got, like, 500 dudes on my ass yeah. in the front, and then I've got 200 dudes behind me. I could use less mobs, man. Like, what are you even talking about? So, yeah, I get it. My second thought is um, they're not going to touch that game again. So Probably let's just, not. So let's leave that alone. They don't need to, like, you know. Sequel, maybe? Better add sequel? To it. Yeah, they could do that because it's a short game, and they are full-on uh, working on Kyborg. I mean, look at that thing. Sure. If you look at that page, 
that's like a huge game for them. So, sure. but if they're uh, listening, come back to it. I think it's good. Come back to it in another game, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Be fine. Do a better sequel. I'm totally down. But I think this is great. Let's let's hit them up and let's play that Kyborg because I think that it's like going to be a one of a kind. Like we like their style. They're doing third person roguelike. That seems cool. So. I will. I'll track down their contact and I'll send them um, a link to the podcast and maybe they'll want to talk to us. We'll yeah, I, I'm excited. All right, I'm out of games, but we've got one more game to talk about. I don't know. A lot of people. I don't know. Don't seem interested. I know it's kind of like it's our thing to bring up these small indies that people small, don't know about. Yeah. I want to bring a spotlight to this game. I feel like it needs some more spotlight, maybe a couple more players, some more love. Carlos, um, I don't know. Baldur's Gate 3, man. Smallest like on no one's radar. You want to talk about it for a minute? Yeah, it's a little place called Larian Studios. Uh, it's just a few people. And it's their first game, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to do go with that trade for I know, right? So I've, I've been, I played a little bit of this game in early access. This is, you know, Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 were highly, highly successful PC games, um, you know, different in a way of scope where they were smaller in scope. But Baldur's Gate 3 is the game that's been like in early access for years and years. Uh, I played, I don't know which version of it in early access, but I played some of it in the beginning. It's fully out now, as we say, 1.0, uh, I guess. With some updates here and there. But, yeah, it's on um, Steam. It's on PC. But it's not on consoles yet. So I actually took the plunge and got it on Steam because I was so hungry to play it, uh, even though it's coming out a month later on PlayStation. Uh, is it coming on Xbox at the same time? I don't know. No, it isn't. Do it isn't. It's not. PlayStation first? It's PlayStation first. They're working out because of Xbox Series X or S is having problems because that thing is underpowered. Oh, yeah. Oh, That's a, yeah, that was stupid. And this yeah. thing is a beast, by the way. This game is a beast. Exactly. It, it regularly, and we're just jumping to the technical, and I'll, I'll talk about the game, but it regularly like has tons of pop in it whenever I load up the game. And so in the very beginning of the game, every time I load it, it's just me and like no walls, you know, and just like things pop in slowly. So I have to kind of wait when I start it up on my computer. My computer's not strong. I have a 2060. It's not great. Gotcha. Anywho, um, this is an RPG. It's based on D&D. Uh, it's the most D&D RPG probably ever made. Mm-hmm. In the fact that it's straight up dice rolls. It's stealth checks. Do you it's, see the dice rolls? You see the dice. Oh, you it do? Does, okay. <laughs> it does a beautiful, like, what is that? Like, um, like the mobile games have that great sound that makes you addicted. What's that feeling? What is that, what's that called? Of the dice roll? Yeah, but, you know, like certain sounds in games, like you like the feel and the sound of them. Like maybe Marvel game has that for you where you do something and the sound is like satisfying. Getting some good auditory feedback. Yeah, there's another word for it. But you hear that dice roll, you know, and it goes and then it's success or failure. You hear like a sound effect. Oh, like that. There you go. But it doesn't do that. <laughs> it's not that. Though. Perfectly on cue, though. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's got the D&D. It's based on, you know, is it fifth edition rules? Oh, man, I'm going to forget which edition. I don't know. I know that it was a big deal for people who know D&D, and they were glad that they went with whatever version they went with. So yeah. I don't know because I don't know that much about D&D, but it's one specific rule set that people liked, I guess. Yeah. Um, the point is, it's a D&D RPG. Um there's so many takeaways from this. I'm going to do the short version today because I'll be playing this game for a long time. So I will talk about it next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, again, I'm going to do three TLDRs in one episode. <laughs> it's a top down um, turn based, you know, RPG that's straight up D and D where like, as you walk around, the game will just do like checks like a DM would. 
right? Yeah. So say you're near a trap, it'll just do a roll for you and say like little skill checks or whatever. Yeah, it'll yeah, skill checks all over the place, which is so fun. It's like having it just this invisible DM all the time, and then there's a narrator. So they can pop in sometimes and tell you the parts of the story you should be caring about or something. Mm-hmm. And your character is silent protagonist for the most part. So you just kind of pick options and then, you know, it just the other characters talk. Silent protagonist in the sense that they don't say anything or that you just choose dialogue, but it's not voiced. It's not mean? voiced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you do have lines of dialogue. Like your character will say oh, something, yeah. but just in text. This, this game is the most choice game ever. There okay, okay. is a rumored 17,000 endings. What um, and it's and I, 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 I know that to be true because just from the level of where I'm at and what I've done in the game and where I am in the game right now with what characters and all the choices I've made, it's staggering the choices I've made uh, in 20 hours of gameplay. Wow. So okay, okay. this is the truest form of D&D. It's like, you know, anything you can think, lots of things you can think you can do. Not anything, but there are limits. But I'll tell you a couple in a minute. Uh, All right. These kind of like things you can do in this kind of game. But yeah, you you play as a character. Um, you know, you can huge, huge character creator. Do whatever you want, any style, any class, any race, um, any look. There's definitely like uh, you can work on your genital parts. Oh, for real? They yeah, got that too. They got that if you want it. You don't have to, <laughs> but it's there. Okay. Or and you know, non-binary, binary, like anything you want to make your character there it's available right okay interesting then when you finally get into the game there are tons of characters you meet that you can be part join your party or they you don't have to uh there's only one character so far i think you have to have because she has a certain item Uh and i have so many stories but i'll just say this my character's barbarian of course of course i could have told you that without even knowing it i know and i'm role-playing it again this is kind of a true role-playing game true is the wrong word but it's a most D and D role playing game okay. where like my barbarian has lots of choices. And most of the time he's like, ah, oh, get out of here. You know, I, I, I don't want to hear your long yappering. You know, he's, I'm really <laughs> role playing him. He doesn't give a shit, you know? Right, 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 right. And right. so at some point in the very beginning, there's this girl who has to be in your party. And I actually remember hearing the developers talk about this, that you, you, you don't have to have her join you, but we're going to find a way to put her back in your party later. <laughs> and so, I find okay. her and she goes, she goes, I got this device and it is all these darkness around me. And I'm like, no, no lady, I'm out of here. Good, <laughs> good luck with your device. Mm-hmm. So I just left her on the beach for dead. Um, <laughs> and then later, probably like five hours in or something, she showed up and I was like, son of a bitch. She's like, I tracked you down. I'm like, yeah, you did. The developers did. You know, and that's that there's those walls, right? Like, right. There's a couple walls are going to keep putting in there. But for the most part, everywhere I went, I found different people who wanted to join me. And I was like, fuck off. I'm a barbarian. I don't need you. You know, so I, ne- I didn't join it. No one's joined me. OK, but then she had to like because she has part of the story. Sure. The other real quick story is that at some point there's this huge fight in the beginning of the game and everybody's fighting. It's a turn based, you know, fight. So it's like a million different like uh, little icons of who's fighting and i was like it was just me mm-hmm. and i was like i don't want to get involved this is gonna take forever i'm probably gonna die i'm level one so i'd use my action points because they put me in the fight i just left like i went to the left <laughs> literally and i just let them fight fight it out uh-huh. and i was like they got this so everybody <laughs> died okay everybody died they just killed them killed them each other 
I walk back over and I was like, hey, look, free armor. You know, I just start taking all the stuff. Nice, nice. Yes. As I pick up some of the armor, and this part of my glitch to the ground TikTok, someone in the comments said, because I put this video up, like, what? That's Will's armor. Because I saw this armor, it said Will's armor. I was like, uh-huh, so uh-huh. who the fuck is Will? It's my armor now. So I put the armor on, thought I had this great job with, with free armor. Turns out Will's one of the main characters. Uh. <laughs> He's straight up dead. Oh, and man. every day I walk by his corpse and I'm like, oh, I got his armor though. It did help early game. So that's the, a little taste of this game. You can do what you want. There's lots of choices. Every single dialogue has skill checks. They have choices and skill checks. If you fail something, it's still not over because you do another check. It just seems like they're really having fun with whatever you want to do. Uh, the action, again, is turn-based. Um, there is a real-time element to it, but there's also like a even more turn-based option you can turn on. Yeah, There's a camp where you heal up. There is huge story points, and there's an overarching narrative, which is there's a device, and it's helping you... I'm going to say no spoilers. It's helping you... Um, curb the powers that you have and kind of help you so that's why she has to be there with you and then you're trying to take down uh and understand what's going on with your powers that's the that's the least the right, least thing right. i can say um it's endlessly fun it's super addictive it is i don't want to call people keep saying like it's a true rpg it's just a D rpg right. okay that's and probably more choice than people are used to. Yeah, and, and I've always wanted that. Like, I, I always talk about this book, which I can never remember the name of, where they talked about a fake game developer who made a game uh, that was a lot of choice. And this feels like that game, where, like, you go in and you can just, like, if you could think it, you can do it. Like, I, at some point I saw a video of someone picking up, like, you know, uh, animals and throwing them. Or anything you pick up, you can throw. And um, another good example is, I just learned about this, if you have a particularly hard monster or boss, you can just find a bag and throw a bunch of potions and poisons and you know, explosives in it, and the bags hold up to like 50 things or something, mm-hmm. and then you just put the bag next to the enemy and shoot it. And it just blows up. And it just blows up explosions. like this atom bomb, yeah. That's funny. Um, it's just so good. I-, I have to stop myself from talking about it now. Well, just to give some context, I mean, this is this is not the first time they've done something like this. I mean, uh, Larian has been around forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've played many other games. I mean, they did um, the Divinity series, which I think is probably a pretty close corollary to something like this. It's um, straight up feels like Divinity Original yeah. Sin 3, essentially, this game That's feels like. kind of what I was expecting, kind of what I was thinking. So, I mean, I played Divinity, Divinity Original Sin. Um, I think I played Ego Draconis. Uh, I think I played even Dragon Commander. I played a bunch of their games earlier. So, if you know... Larian, if you know Divinity, which I mean, all those games are pretty well well celebrated, especially um, Original Sin and Original Sin Two. Um, I guess that makes it not Original Sin, I suppose. But uh, yeah, those are great, and th- and this is like right in their wheelhouse. These are developers who've been doing a game like this for many years, and they know what to do. They've been working on it for polishing their their approach and polishing their techniques for ages. So it makes sense that a game like this would be you know blockbuster, amazing, and is the fruition of many, many years of work. It's not like they just, this is their first game or anything like that. I mean, these guys have been chipping away at this style of game for a long time. Yeah. Um, so I, it, it makes perfect sense. This is like the culmination of all their all their past work coming coming to a head right now. Totally. And by the way, they talked about that, that they had to impress D&D, you know, Wizards of the Coast or whatever, to like make the game. Right. Because they 
uh, actually, it was like a, some sort of documentary watch, but they approached them after Divinity Original Sin 1, mm-hmm. and uh, D&D was like, no, you're not ready. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then they did 2, which is obviously a better game. Right. And they're like, okay, you're ready now. And so, like, that's what it is. But we, I got to mention, because I played uh, Original Sin 2, this is definitely the most fully-fledged D&D, though, too. Because, like, you know, the dice, the... Uh, all the different rule sets, all the skill checks. It just feels, yeah, so D&D. So gotcha. it's fucking cool. And uh, again, another reason why my um, TikToks are doing well is because people just love this game and the weird things that can happen. Like my biggest uh, video right now is where there's these sheep that are talking like people. Uh, I find some sheep and they go, bah. And I was like, what the fuck, bro? Chiefs don't. You're you're a person, you know. Right, right, right. And he's like, bah, bah. and obviously, spoiler, it's like goblins in disguise, uh, and they're not sheep, but it looks like sheep. Um, it's just that kind of thing, like all these little things that the game throws at you, and then all the things that you can do on top of that. It's great. Sounds like a wonderful experience. I'm looking forward to it coming to console. I yeah. will probably definitely check this out. Uh, looks like my kind of thing. Um, don't know when it's coming to console, but I'm sure probably, you know, I'm sure before end of year they want to cash well, in. Well, PlayStation on all the hype and is stuff. Uh, the end of the month. Oh, okay. That's that's very soon. So that's very soon. Not long yeah. at all to wait. So excellent. Um, I'm sure this is going to be one of the, I mean, what do you think? Like top 10 for sure, right? This year? Top 10 for a long time. It's top 10. It's top I mean, I mean, one or two. Speaking of like year end. So you're thinking like maybe top two for you this year? Oh, top two this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, okay. it's, a, it's a game that's never been done. Like it is a kind of game of my dreams where it's this kind of not an RPG with progression like you think of when I think of RPGs where I'm in power fantasy thing. Because mm-hmm. by the way, I'm like level six right now. I think the level cap is like 10 or something. Or 12, oh, so it follows maybe? the D&D level system where like going up a level is like a huge deal. It's a yeah. huge deal. And yeah, it's like yeah. more about like the experience and right. not a ton of enemies. And I kept looking for like better weapons. And my, I kind of had the best weapon early on. You know, like there wasn't too many better axes that I could get. Um, I do 6 to 22. That's like my axe right now. That's like very good, you know. And so it's more about like proficiencies and how you use different things together and, you know, I hear stories of my friends who are playing co-op, but like just wonderful combinations they're doing. Like, oh, my cleric does this and this person does this and then we all do this and then we win, you know. Right. right. So it's adding, more of that adding for of the, the free form nature of a good D&D campaign, like when you have a flexible DM and you have players who are coming up with, um, you know, off the book strategies or just something, you know, they pull something out of their butt and they think might work and you got to do a, a roll yeah. and, and tries. I mean, it seems like they've kind of captured some of that spirit of like the, the kind of play as you go sort of thing where it's not just all prescribed. Well, and, and the wonkiness and the comedy they add is, is really spot on. Like, like my friend uh, was doing something and like everything, they shot some magic missile or something and everything turned to cats. <laughs> like, and that was an RNG thing. Gotcha, like, cause they gotcha. rolled a one or something, you know, like, that kind of shit. Or I found a frog, and of course it talked, because you can like, talk to almost any animal with animal handling skill, which I have mm-hmm. uh, as a wild barbarian. And uh, the frog was pissed at us. We got in a fight, and the frog wiped our party. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The frog was tough. Um, it's just like that kind of shit. It just makes you want to go back into the world and go like, oh, what's going to happen? You know, right, I have no right. idea. The last thing, last story for this episode, I just went into this creepy bar in this really like, again, Silent Hill kind of weird world that I'm in, no spoilers. 
And there was this bartender who was a monster kind of character, and he forced me to drink with him and tell him stories of my adventures. Here's the coolest thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I'm a barbarian, I had a barbarian skill where I could keep drinking. (laughs) So that helped, right? Okay, yeah. And I didn't get drunk or like, you know, throw up or anything. And on top of that, the stories I told him were actual things that happened in the game. Oh, that's cool. That's fucking cool, bro. Like, that's the small things, you know? And I was like, oh, yeah, this happened to me. And I was like, Little details it. like that that really put the experience way over the top. Like, customized over to what you did. Like, he yeah. was able to, to relate to what actually happened rather than just, like, some bullshit stock story or something. Yeah, I was like, so. I met a devil. That's a real story that happened in the game. I did meet a devil. So That's cool. I can't stress enough. I, I think the only con I'll say is that the difficulty is pretty fucking tough i heard right? it was steep yeah i heard it was steep. and so i did knock it down to adventurer or whatever there's like three options mm-hmm. uh, i was in the middle forever but i knocked it down to adventure it doesn't matter still like hard. it's still fucking tough because they don't want you to like just roll this game right and but i just think they could have tweaked it a smidge i don't know because i know they want you to be in this thing forever um and then the last con and that we really will be done is that and i know this is the developer choice the game's called Baldur's Gate, right? Yeah. The whole idea for me, and I'm role-playing as a barbarian who doesn't give a fuck about anybody and just wants to get to Baldur's Gate. I just want to get to the fucking city, right? You just want to get to the gate, sure. I'm 20 hours, 25 hours in, maybe long, maybe more. Wow, okay. I'm not even anywhere near to get to this fucking city. Sure. And I heard that when you get to the city, they do some bullshit about showing a title card. That might be oh wrong. Oh, my God. That's got to be a joke, dude. Really? That might be wrong. That might be wrong. But That would be incredible. The point is, it's like everything keeps getting in my way to get to this fucking city. Sure, sure. And there's so many fun like things I've seen the developers talk about that are in this city. You know, and I just want to get there so bad. Can you imagine just, what the fucking Steam reviews would be like? Where it's like, oh, I just went to Baldur's Gate and I got to Baldur's Gate. Oh, this game sucks. Like, I can already imagine the trolls and haters. So I. <laughs> oh, that they got there too soon? That they got there too. I got to Baldur's Gate too soon. It was like, I can imagine I don't the know. shit they would put up with. I just like the idea of like going there and then keeping the game going. I just feel sure. like it's just weird to me that I've done everything under the sun that I won't spoil for like, yeah, 30 hours. And I'm not even I'm anywhere near it yet still. So. Well, that is how you get a person to play your game for a long time. It's not about battle passes. It's not about seasons. It's not about bonus stuff. It's about just make the fucking game. And, of course, I realize that not every game can be Baldur's Gate 3. Larian is a very specific studio with resources doing a specific thing. They don't all have to be like this, but I think this experience that you're describing makes me want to play, and I can understand how you've put in 25 hours, and no one's talking about a fucking season pass for this shit. Like, just make a fucking good game. Yeah. Again, full circle again to bring circle back into it. It's a hoop. It's a hoop. Um, is that, you know, that's what it is. It's a addictive game because it's just the experience of it. Right, right. And every time, you know, I try to rush and I'm like, I just want to get to the city. Uh, you know, I, I'm like brought into another story and mm-hmm. I'm like, well, fuck, I got to save this person. Or like, this thing is about me and my character. Like I said, that bar story was about me, you know? Right, right, right. Um, and, and I will say this one last thing. Okay. This is the longest uh, review ever. The longest last thing we've ever had. Yeah. Is that there is an unexpected amount, level of platforming. Really? Because you can jump anywhere almost. And so if you think you're stuck somewhere, there's been many times where like, they want you to go to this whole adventure, find these people, fight these monsters, and there's a boss over here. And I went like to the right and I just jumped on the platforms and went all the way around it and didn't even do any of it. 
Interesting. And I'm like, that's cool too. I was like, I'm the barbarian who was role playing. I don't give a fuck about this story. I'm leaving. And so I just would like platform and they gave me the option to hurt myself. By the way, you hurt yourself when you do tough jumps. Like I'm going to jump down this cliff, you know, just like real life, just like real life. But I'm like, I'll lose 38 hit points (laughs) and heal myself and then not deal with that bullshit. And they let me do that. Well, there you go. Cool as shit. We're done. Cool. Well, that sounds great. I'm sure we will be talking about this again. I am pretty excited to check it out on console, and I'm sure this is going to be basically on everybody's, you know, top ten list, if not, uh, if not in the top three list uh, yep. for this year. So we will definitely be talking about Baldur's Gate three again. You can count on that. But as for today's episode, that is the final game we are covering for Almost. this show. Oh snap! I know we're going long, but surprise here we go. edition. What do you nope, got? Because I've been got? gone for two weeks. Two weeks ago, yes. you got me fired up to go play Hitman. Oh, yeah. Hitman. Yes. Hitman 3. And there was a collection I found. I think I texted you this. That it was Blood Money and Absolution together for like one price, like 40 oh, bucks. that's right. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned that. So I bought it. Okay. My quick fourth TLDR is Blood Money is problematic <laughs> the, in its okay. story. Like, are you talking about the racial content? Yes. Okay. Okay. There's some stuff they say in there that is wrong. And weird and just made me feel awkward. Okay. So I don't know when that was made, but it's interesting. Oh, Blood Money was made in 2006. It was right. a different time, okay? I'll have to look it up. I don't remember, but I believe you. I don't remember it being weird like that either, but there's things that I felt uncomfortable with. Also, not stealthy. Like, the very beginning of the game is just shooting people. So I don't know where the Hitman part was. I did, like, a couple sniper shots, but that game wants you to just shoot people. Uh, and in a gang type setting, it's weird. I haven't played it since 2006, so I can't Ugh. say for sure. But I, I remembered, I have played it, but boy, it's lost to the annals of memory. I don't remember, recall anything about it. I should revisit it and see what's up with that. Man, it's not. I don't think it's good. So <laughs> I bounced off of that because okay. I was like freaked out and sure. weirded out. Then I just jumped into Absolution again, uh-huh. and I made sure that that was the game I was thinking about, which is. You know, stealth with action and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't even know if it's the game you think it is, but this game is the best Hitman game. It I'm going to triple down. It is you the are worst wrong. Hitman okay. game. Okay, no. you're so wrong because <laughs> here's what it is. I think there's another Hitman game you're thinking of. Uh, no, let's... I know it's Absolution. I know okay, what I'm talking about. But when's the last time you played Absolution? When it dropped. I mean, I played it when 2012. it dropped. 2012. So. Okay. Yeah. So just do me this favor. Can you find a code or do you have a copy of it still? I, I mean, I don't know. It might be in my Hitman 3 Battle Pass or whatever on the play. I'll have to check if I have Check, it because when I replayed it, I go, oh, Brad's wrong. That's right, Brad's wrong. Because <laughs> it's a stealth game through and through. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, it, there's stealth in it. It's not straight combat. But yeah, but it's not straight combat at all. It's a stealth, It's a Hitman game. It's the best Hitman game. Period. I, okay, so we... I wrote We've got to revisit this. We're going to... Re- okay, we don't have time to do it today, but I... I well, hold on one second. Just kill for time for a minute here. Okay. Sing I'm a kill- song or something. Well, I'll also say that it's... Yes, there's action in it, but again, it is the most Hitman game ever. You're doing costume changes. You're doing stealth. You don't have to fight. They want you to not fight. Got it. Here, I found... Okay, so here's what I thought. I reviewed this game. I did a full written review in 2012. Okay. So it must have been right when it dropped. Okay. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing, 
Um, but I will say that I gave it a 3.5 out of 10. So that's, that's what I insane. thought Insane. If you want to check out what you I had to say. You must have been on drugs, I think. Those, I mean, I, I, I write like up. 1,200 words about what I thought was wrong with it. So everybody's welcome to come check out my review. <laughs> 1,200 words on drugs. <laughs> I'll send you the link, Carlos, so you can read it. You can let me know Oh, I'm going to read it. Yeah. I, I, I'm tempted to read it all right now. I'm not going to read it right now. I'm just very verbatim on the podcast. Yes. The last hour is the review. A to Z, I am very tempted to read this, but I'm not going to do it now. Okay, don't do it now. We'll revisit it. But I, I implore you to try it again because, again, it's not an action game. There's It's it's a Hitman game. I felt I, like I was I, playing Hitman I 3. I it. I gave it a three and a half. I'm always right. That's it. That's what it is. It's three and a half. By the way, people can change and you can people can change your opinion. Probably on two point five now if I come back to it. Wow. You're gonna make it lose a point. Dude. You are wildly incorrect, <laughs> and I want to revisit this someday. I'm gonna go look at your review. I'm gonna send you the link. You can read it. Okay, <laughs> okay. let's end the on end the podcast. All right, all right, folks. That is the show, and what a show that is. The game portion of our show is officially done. Uh, we might have a couple more non-game things to talk about. Carlos, you got anything? Well, uh, we should make it quick. Kicking around, on. yeah. Real yeah, quick. I'll just what say quickly. I saw um, Corner Office. It's a great indie movie with the guy from Mad Men in it. Um, John Hamm? John Hamm's in it. Um, he's, I guess, the only A-list actor. The guy also, and there's another guy from um, uh, Communities in it. I always forget his name. He's in also in the, oh, man, it's going to bother me. Anyways, a couple people that you might know are in it. It's a small indie film. I saw the trailer a long time ago. I rented it. I think it's on Amazon for $5. It's really good. It's really weird. It's What's really it about? good. I don't want to tell you. It's better a, to go in blind. It's better to go in blind. It's an indie movie about a, a office worker who kind of sees something that's not there. And is it like comedy, sci-fi, no. fantasy? What are we talking? It's a little comedy. It's really kind of like a like an office space movie, you know, like okay. office space, but in a twisted, dark way. Okay. Um, it's really good. It's short. It's really good. Also, I saw. Um, the new Spider-Man because it's out on VOD as well. Spider-Man across, across the Spider-Verse. Yes. Um, I saw it too. What'd you think? So I know that it's always tough with expectations. I like the first one, Spider-Man. I yes. love that animation style. I love that studio to death. Yes. Um, I, I was not impressed with this one. And I really, okay. yeah. And I really didn't like the ending, which is the endings. A we're going to do this again. It's to be continued. Yes. Um, I hated the pacing. Um, I love the art style. I love that they did like Lego and real world stuff. They're just visually arresting and beautiful. I did not care for that story and I did not care for the ending. And the lead up to the ending is terrible too because it's about one Spider-Man in, in the multiverse of Spider-Man who doesn't like Miles Morales. Sure. Um, the 2099 guy. And that's all it really becomes about. Like the last quarter of the movie is him hating Miles Morales. Right. And that's it. And then they, and because he hates him, he causes some other big problem. And then it turns into being like a, a, a cliffhanger. I really was unimpressed and I did not enjoy my time with that movie. Wow. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, you think I'm wrong about Hitman. I think you are extremely wrong about Spider-Man. Uh, I watched it just a couple days ago with the whole family. We all loved it. I thought it was great. I mean, I will agree. I, I was not expecting it to end on a cliffhanger, which I was kind of not cool with. Um, considering that the first Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse came out in 2018, and it is now 2023. Of course, COVID happened. There was delays. But like five years between movies is kind of a long time. And now that the SAG after strike is still going on, however long it would have taken to wrap this up is going to take at least two extra years yeah. because of all the delays and the strike. And of course, I support SAG after 100 um, percent. I'm just saying that, like, as a fan of this movie and this story, I want to see the story end and it's going to be 
I mean, we're going to see it in what, 2028, maybe? Oh, don't, yeah, let's not try to. Yeah, I don't know, whatever. It's going to make us feel bad. Yeah, but I I loved it. I thought it was great. I I loved the themes. Um, I loved that they um, took the story in a direction I didn't think, and it got, um, I don't want to spoil anything, but like they they covered it in a way that I wasn't expecting. There's a lot of parental themes, a lot of growing up themes, um, and then they touch into the Spider Verse themes as well. I mean, I'm not going to say nothing, but I thought it it was really good. And it is a middle film. It is a middle film middle film that's a good as way in, to explain it as in a trilogy right like you know you have your starting everybody says the middle film is always the worst one because you're cu- like nothing major happens because you're mm. building up to the finale and right. you gotta like you gotta give backstory and explain stuff for the big finish but it's not the intro film because the intro film is exciting because they're introducing all these things and it's very very action-packed and pacey the middle film is always the tough one and so i think that's probably where what you're feeling probably but right. i liked it a lot though uh, to, to kind of go full circle again in another hoop it's is that hoop, yeah. it, it could also just be a self-contained movie and be awesome so i don't i don't know buy into that uh i understand it as a middle movie thing mm-hmm. especially with marvel movies but it doesn't have to be that way well and interesting i kind of with you in the sense that i don't think they planned it as a trilogy i don't know what people oh, said really? uh, we don't i know. i don't know because you watch the first film that's a complete film it is that's why i liked it better I really yeah liked it's it. a complete yeah. film and i think that if they stopped there that would have been fine and i i'm guessing it did bananas at the box office, did way better than they were expecting. And they're like, oh, you know, as anybody in Hollywood, oh, well, it's got to be a trilogy at least. Yeah, it, but you can do that middle movie without the, such a long ending that says the next movie, you know, like, anywho. I, I, I thought it worked. I, I For me and the, what the story they're trying to tell, I thought that made sense. I liked it. So I, I, will, I guess we're going to Siskel Ebert on this one. We will Siskel Ebert, but I'll, I'll kind of Siskel to your Ebert. I don't know what that means. Is that um, <laughs> the the heartfelt moment between the mom and the kid? I yeah. was like close to tears, like you know, oh, yeah, tears that was were welling up. That I was, was like, okay, yeah. And then Jason Schwartzman, I love. Um, and Who he, was he in that movie? He's the whole guy, the black hole guy. Oh, the spot guy. Spot yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's the voice actor. I could just tell, and um, yeah, I just like his character a lot. You know, that whole intro, again, the first quarter, even half of the movie, I really mm-hmm. liked. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying I didn't like it. I just it, it made me so off putting how they ended it and how they went in that second back half well Um, in 2028 i think we should circle back around and i think probably that when the trilogy is complete maybe you'll feel differently about it because you'll see like the stuff they had to do to kind of get to where they were going but again awkward because i don't think they initially meant it to be a trilogy so that is problematic um that is the same studio that did teenage mutant ninja turtles right i don't know uh, I think it is. Can we just check? Because I took my brother and saw that. The new one? Yeah, the new one. How is and it? And it was pretty good. You know, okay. again, not like the best thing in the world, but that studio, I think it's the same people, um, just know how to do really interesting art style and storytelling, you know? Yeah. Um, and it made me feel like, yeah, it made me feel really good at the end. Again, fully contained movie. Yes. Uh, really kind of a reboot of the series. And it just felt good. There was good representation. And I just had a good, warm feeling at the end of it. So I think it's a really good watch. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong, but April O'Neil in this new movie is black. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. So anybody who can't handle April O'Neil being black can go fuck themselves. Because that's the only thing I heard was uh, masturbatory fanboys who grew up with this cartoon being really mad. Not only that April O'Neil was black, but that she's also kind of like, I don't know, what, semi-plus size or something. And people just like losing their minds that they don't have their wank material anymore. Spoiler, you do. You got all those pictures saved on your hard drive. Just go back and wank off to those. Don't get mad that things change. So anybody who's mad about April O'Neil can fuck themselves. Yeah, I don't know how that's a thing. Um, yeah, anyways, check it out. And then check lastly, 
Yeah, Reservation Dogs is back. Well, I'm excited to start that, yeah. Uh, I'm on episode two or three right now. Are they all out or just a couple at a time? Are they doing weekly? Like, I know you hate that. There's, they're weekly. They're, ah, fuck. But no, no, they, they, they front-loaded it. So there's four out now, I think. Oh, my God. I, I got to watch. Because I start, and I'm going to watch all of them in a row, dude. I'm gonna it's so funny. Fucking... We've talked about this all the time, but I especially that show, and also because I'm native, native, I don't know, and I'm sure. also thinking of my dad and stuff. It is emotionally impossible. Oh, it's heavy. It's for me heavy, to but... do two of those together even. So oh, I would, I know you say that on the show a lot, but I want to put that out for our other listeners. I would think that this show specifically, other shows, I get it, Wednesday or whatever, you know, but this show is like, it's pretty tough. And I like the idea of doing one at a time because it's about that story that it's trying to, a message it's giving you. Right, right. And it, it, I just feel like it hits harder when you just like leave it for a while. Oh, I, I mean, I, you're you're 100% correct. And I think it makes sense. Everything you're saying makes sense. You want to sit with the messages. You want to let yeah. those marinate a little bit. Like, totally makes sense. And at the same time, I love that show so much. I just I just want more of it. So You just want to eat it up. Yep. I, just, I do. I love that show. It's one of the best shows ever to be on TV, for sure. Um, anything else? Nope. For you? Nothing much. I've uh, been really busy. My... Um, mother and father-in-law were here. I know that I, I texted you. We talked about it a little bit. Um, and that took up my entire life. I'm still recovering. Um, I don't even know what to even say about it, except for the fact that they are very nice people. And we are very different people. We have very different views on life. We have very different views on everything. And when they're here, it basically just sucks up all of our energy and our time and i'm just going to leave it right there so yep. now that they're gone i am still in recovery mode i didn't really watch anything else other than um i've been on a pacific rim kick lately so the son and i watched pacific rim uprising which was the second feature film i remember not liking it very much but we were kind of just like going through all of the different media associated with pacific rim and we're like well we've only seen it once let's watch it again maybe we'll feel differently about it on a second viewing and I mean, it's okay. It's pretty mid. It's pretty just like, uh, you know, something about the animation wasn't great. Um, the, the Jaegers, the giant robots, they're moving too quickly. They don't look like they weigh a thousand tons. They don't, you know, I like them being kind of stocky and clunky and having that kind of like, I don't know, like not necessarily a rock'em sock'em robots vibe, but just like, you don't want it to look like a big person wearing metal armor. Like you want it to look like a giant machine. And they captured that really effectively in the first Pacific Rim. And I think they lost that quality. Um, they're just running around. They just look like people in armor kind of, and uh, doing acrobatics and slow-mo leaping through the air. And I'm like, that's not really what giant robots is about. Mm. Not in this sense anyway, maybe in a different anime property or something, but yeah, it was just like, whatever. And the robots get shredded pretty easily. And the monsters are kind of like, whatever. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, whatever I've seen worse. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but I think the first Pacific Rim like blows it away and it's uh you know, I don't know. It's a thing. It's a thing I watched for two hours, I guess. So <laughs> you can't say worse really. It's yeah, a thing. It's a thing that happened to me for two hours. So yeah. I mean not the worst thing, but whatever. Okay. Anyway, that is a show, folks. As always, we want your questions, we want your comments. Hit us up. So video games podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also hit us up individually. Carlos, where are we directing your traffic this week? I've said it four times on the show, but Glitch Through the Ground, that's the new channel. It's on TikTok and it's on YouTube. Check it out for specifically tons of Baldur's Gate videos. All right, great. As for me, again, on every platform, but I think in the most recent weeks, it's kind of boiled down to 
Twitter still, even though that's kind of weird and sad and limping along. Um, a little oh, bit I, more. I have to say something about Twitter. Oh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Um, and we're not going to call it the other I'm name. I'm not going to call it the other name. No, I but refuse. But I went today to log in just uh-huh. normally. <clears throat> And it's and anybody listening is probably gonna. This is probably gonna explode after this podcast. Oh no! Because it's probably already happening to people right now, and it hasn't happened to you. And if it might, but anyways, it said we have to decide if you're a human or not. It didn't. I haven't ha- had that happen yet. No. Okay, it, it might be blowing up right now. It's an authentication thing. Okay. Uh huh. What a beautiful episode. We're going back to hoops because hoops, and hoops, and hoops. Okay. Because it makes you pick. At least for me. Uh, it says which one of these is just one rope and not two ropes. I've never had to do this one before. That's a new one for me. I've it's never hard seen at times because they're twisting the rope. And so it looks like hoops. Really? Are you an android, Carlos? I might be the robot. Did you yeah. just get outed as being an android? Check this out, though, dude. It goes, it goes one out of five or something like that, right? Uh-huh. You get to five, it goes six out of 20. What? Six out of 20? Fuck you, dude. Oh and God. then <laughs> I failed it. Okay, so I failed it. So I am a oh, robot, right? Oh, shit. Hold on, Carlos, hold on. if there's a turtle on its back, do you flip it over? Wait, is that a robot question? It's from Blade Runner. Oh, that's right. You're sorry. a replicant. What, what's the answer? I, do, I would flip it over. You're supposed to flip it over. Like, the question is, like, why don't you flip it over? And if you get upset, that means you're a human because you're supposed to feel something for the turtle. And the replicants are like, I don't know. I just didn't flip it over because they don't feel any. Oh, right, right, it, right. Yeah, yeah I, would, I would be upset. I have to. Okay. I would be. I'm already upset talking about it. But I still might be a robot because guess what? I did it a second time. I failed again. Oh, my God. I can't get into uh, Twitter. Oh, my God. Because I'm a robot because I can't figure out ropes. Holy shit, dude. This is the discovery. I knew I had to tell you that because you. The most advanced it. AI is in Carlos Rodella. Or the other takeaway is fuck that dude. And <laughs> I really don't want to be on the platform. And now I can't be. I can't so be on the platform. Since we're talking about this, that okay, is stupid. Sorry. That is stupid. No. It's going to blow gonna, up too. Watch. After the show, everyone's going to be like, have you done the rope it, thing? The rope thing. Um, I'm going to watch. It hasn't happened, but I'm going to watch. But for, uh, the other thing I was going to say was this morning, this morning or yesterday. So, you know, the bullshit. I don't know who challenged who, but Zuckerberg over at Facebook was challenging Musk over at Twitter to a cage match. You remember to that? To actually fight. Yeah. To actually, literally. It might still happen. Well, so Musk just called it off. He's like, oh, well, you know, um, I'm busy. I got an appointment. And what he asked was, hey, can we do a practice round in your backyard with no one watching? And Zuckerberg fucking, I mean, fuck Zuckerberg. Fuck both these guys, all right? I'm not, they're both trash, all right? But I think it's hilarious that Musk is talking all this shit. Zuckerberg fucking calls him out on it. And Musk completely, like, he just, he just, he backs out, right? Zuckerberg is like, I called the place. I called the time. I gave you all these options. I had the referee. All you had to do was show up. And he's like, yeah, I can't show up and blah, 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 blah. So whatever. I mean, the guy's already human trash, both of them. But Musk is, I mean, fuck that guy. And the fact that he starts this shit, starts talking all this trash and then doesn't show up. I mean, give me a fucking break, dude. Like yeah. he is, he's destroying his own already dead reputation with like a nuclear bomb. Like he, I mean, it just gets worse and worse for that shithead. It does get worse and worse. Um, I'm never going to let this episode end because I just read the last paragraph of your review. You did, yes. What I can multitask. Say? Go ahead. I forget what it said. I would imagine that the goal of Hitman Absolution was to take Agent 47's detailed methodical gameplay and make it appeal to players more familiar with modern action stealth hybrids. But all the devs have done is eviscerate, a strong word, uh, their unique franchise with poorly implemented mechanics and left him to die an awkward, humiliating death. I love that sentence. That's a good. That's a good close. I love it, but it's wrong. Okay. <laughs> and the other thing is the beginning of that paragraph. It says, yes. uh, 
while there are a few sequences that thrill the way a proper hitman should, like, and he gives examples, mm-hmm. um, blah, 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 these brief glimpses of 47's predatory roots are outnumbered by the other type segments. But you're saying that there are hitman stuff in that game. Oh, sure. But they're outnumbered three to one by kludgy segments about duck walking towards an exit. Duck walking. Does that mean stealth walking? I don't no, know. No, it means you're crouched down, like walking, you know, like you're. That sounds like stealth. Sounds kind like a of, hitman. Kind of, but uh, no. I'm, I'm going to revisit this. Okay. Everybody read my I review if you want to. What you're saying, and what I'm hearing from this uh, like paragraph, is that there's still Hitman in it, but oh, yeah, not enough Hitman for you. Yeah. And at that moment, which is 2012, because you were really high on how it was before. And again, this comes back to sure. expectations. And how it goes back to being right after this. How? Because what? They go back to normal Hitman after this. This is, this is the odd man out. Right. But I'm saying it might not be as odd as you remember because of the time that it happened. Okay, Maybe. you got to revisit the game. But I gave it a three and a half. I, it's, it's, it's such a wrong score. It's locked okay. in, locked in. Okay. Anyway, uh, what are we talking about? I can only get track. We're done. The end. The done. I don't think you have doing? anything else, right? Can we close it. I think that's it. Yeah, because you talk about your shows. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Uh, oh, right. I'm on. Uh, <laughs> we got super sidetracked. I'm on Twitter still, uh, lessening, but still. I'm also on Blue Sky a little bit more. And I'm oh, on I'm Instagram. Gonna be. I'm not on there yet. I can't. It's up. In, uh, what's it I called? thought you were already on. You're not on it yet? No, because it's what's invitation still. Oh, okay. Well, I'll hook you up. I, uh, I don't know that I have an extra code, but if I have one, I'll shoot it your way. How do uh, I not check. have a code? I've been the internet. I thought you was already was... on it, dude. No. Okay. Stupid. Anyway. And I'm also on Instagram, uh, mostly just action figures there. But anyway, that's going to do it for episode 349, the episode that never ended. Thank you again for joining us here on the Sober Games podcast. And we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week, but we're probably like still talking because it's like the podcast is hanging in the ether. We'll just pause and unpause for the next episode. It'll be one continuous podcast. Okay, and pause.